you're not just a guy that likes to walk on the beach. You're a guy that's had a lot of experience with um, recovery. And, and there are a lot of people that haven't had a lot of experience with recovery, you know? Um, we have Gary Litt and, uh, or, and uh, Paul, Big Paul. Just two guys, two guys that I respect in the program. And I'm really excited to have them on right now. We, 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 we just had our little meeting out, out, out back. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, and I want to let you kind of just do what you do for a second because I got to make sure that this is – Yeah, I forgot to turn this on. Oh, well, we had a good attendance tonight, so that was cool. And we, uh, did the, we twitched in and a few people came in on that. And uh, we got some new people on the podcast, which is always fun, um, which I don't know anybody's background. So um, are you in L.A.? Were you born in L.A. or where did you come from? Yeah, I'm from L.A. Where were you, where, where were you born? Just Pico, curious. Pico and Fairfax. Oh, nice. Like true L.A. <laughs> true L.A. The old school L.A. Before the 405, before the 101. No fucking way. And the 101? Yeah. Wow. What was that like? Pretty chill, probably. It's like... Um... It was a different place. And then uh, 61, we moved out to the valley, San Fernando Valley. I grew up in the valley and took off from there. What area in the valley? Uh, it was an area called Sepulveda. It's called North Hills now, I think. Panorama City. Yeah, my, my family had a statuary business over in Tar- Tarzana. Oh, yeah. On Ventura Boulevard. It's been there since 1947. You know that place? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you went over to Tarzan's house, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, his grandson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Edgar Rice he, Burroughs. When he was, uh, I think it was, it was him that was in there. Uh, the guy that, uh, I did some work there. And he was in a, I think it was right right at the end before he passed. <clears throat> um, and then we got Paul. Where, where are you from, Paul? Are you from here? Pacoima, Silmar. Born there? The hood, yeah. Nice. That's unusual to have. Like, I'm from LA. You're from L- We're all from here. That's unusual. Usually, some everybody's from somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's only if you're in rehab. Then you come. You come to rehab. You come to LA, and you never leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're an actor, right? So, b- b- before the meeting, uh, me and uh, Gary were talking about something I'm f- personally fascinated with, which is kind of like this, just the rock scene later, bro, in, in the in the seventies. I just, I don't know. I I feel like, you know, rock culture. Every we're always trying to get back to that what it was then when like Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix and. They were all at that, you know, like what you said, in that area, there was a lot of creative stuff happening and music had a meaning and all art sort of had a message and a me- and there was, a, I don't know, it just felt like important what was happening. And now I feel, I mean, you know, you have a, every once in a while you get an artist who, who cares or has a, a purpose or something to say, but... I think just because of Vietnam and whatever was happening at the time, there was a, it was almost as if there was like a, um, artistic revolution happening. 
Yeah. So you were just hanging around that, or do you have any? Well, I moved to the Valley in 61, and... Uh, Oh, I'll put it further. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm I'm like famous now. I've been I'm on recording and shit. I put this thing. We, we like, have some listeners. There's people are gonna listen to this. Okay. No, I just whatever they let them listen. Yeah. No, I just think you know. You, so yeah. so anyways, what happened was I I was like about I think about twelve. Let's see, ten. I was like ten years old, nine, ten years old. So about in '63, I was born in '52. So by '63. And maybe my mom and dad don't have to listen to this. Can't be so. <laughs> no, they, 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 we were I'm sure they we won't. were already we were already drinking and smoking weed. And uh, and I my dad had a Delta eighty eight, and we used to. Uh, I guess there was a movie called American Graffiti that came out later on, and yeah. so everything that you see in American Graffiti was the truth. And I used to cruise Van Nuys Boulevard. And That's I was like, George Lucas. Yeah, George Lucas, and yeah, then Richard, at that time, Dreyfus, at that time, you, you had uh, Steven Spielberg, and um, well, they were all young. They were all young. Yeah, but, Francis Ford Coppola, and so, this that was the also I think kind of the golden age yeah. of cinema too, in a way, or the beginning yeah, of, of that. Yeah, the beginning. And then we we uh, I remember <clears throat> I used to take my dad's car out, and I used to I used to cruise Van Nuys Boulevard, and and uh, I was like eleven and a half, twelve years old. And I had bought a fake mustache over on Venture Boulevard at one of those uh, toupee places, <laughs> right? I could probably use the toupee place now. Anyways, and uh, you were twelve, and I, yeah. And I sat sat on a, a pair of uh, yellow pages. If you guys, if anybody knows what yellow pages are, yeah. it's a phone book. <laughs> and uh, and we used to we had spinata and Red Mountain and uh, and weed, and uh, that was kind of the that was the beginning and. But Wait for a minute, me, you were doing that at twelve. You were driving your dad's car. Did he know you were driving yeah, his car? No. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> no he didn't know. And, uh, and uh, um, we got pulled over by the police sometimes. And they would take the the they laugh. They take the weed away, take the booze away, and then they say, "Follow us." And they follow me home. I lived like I say in Sepulveda, mm-hmm. and uh, and then as soon as they leave, we'd leave. We'd go back down to Hollywood. Uh, you know to. Uh, uh, Laurel Canyon, you know, and uh, what kind of weed? Alice's they have? restaurant. What kind of weed did they have? It was just just Mexican, you know, a lot of seeds, yeah. Yeah. a lot of you know, yeah. four, it was terrible. Four fingers, ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to sell the hell out of it, but I never made any money. I would just any profit I make, I just keep it. If you're gonna talk, just talk. Get in, in there. Yeah. So. Anyway, so what happened was, uh, if you were, you know, if you wanted to know the story, yeah. I mean, basically, uh, I forget, it was like maybe like 60, 64, 65, we started going down to, uh, um, they had this um, teenage fair, this teenage fair at the Hollywood Palladium, and uh, it, that was, and if, if anybody's listening and they're older, they'll know about the teenage fair, and they had, they had uh, uh, Van Morrison, they had uh, the doors. They had everybody. Everybody that was anybody was there. And in fact, the, the University of Northridge, it was called Valley State College or something back then. Mm-hmm. And they, in, in the back of it, they used to have a gigantic uh, uh, like uh, farming. They had an agriculture college, I guess, at one time. A huge thing. Went all the way up to Devonshire. And, and they, they had concerts there. And, uh, I mean, everybody played there from Jimi Hendrix, the doors, Jefferson airplane. So at this time, were they still small bands or were they big already? Oh, they were, they were like, they were big instantly. 
like the Monterey Pop Festival. And uh, what about Love? Did you ever see Love? Love, you- yeah, Love. We saw. I think. I think they actually. Love may have even come to my school. I'm not really when sure. You hit that. Try to hit it like away from the mic. Love yeah. the album. I think they only have one album. Yeah, it's one of the greatest rock albums of all time. It's probably my favorite album that I have yeah. on vinyl. And that dude, the lead singer, was this black dude. Oh, it wasn't love. It was it was Strawberry Alarm Clock. Oh, that's what love was before love. It was Strawberry Alarm Clock. There was a. I don't know there were so many. They, they, they were all like the one hit wonders. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like all these guys had a. But I remember, you know, with Doug Westerns, Troubadour. We used to go down and uh, uh, see James Taylor and Carol King, and I mean, you name it. They were all so Carol King. Oh, so, so the Palladium. It's still the Palladium. Yeah, and and the Troubadour is still the Troubadour. Yeah, but this was like when they first started. Yeah, well, this is when like James Taylor first came. I think he's first place. He played in. Uh, my I have I have a twin brother. He doesn't look like me, but I have a twin brother. He's got all the pictures. Wow. Uh, you know, with Johnny Mitchell, and he's got I mean, he's got a, he's got books and books. And so he, if you ever, he could talk to you more about it than me because he <laughs> he he lives in that era. Well, I'm, I, more, I'm to be honest, yeah. I think we're more concerned with recovery. Yeah, but this is interesting, yeah, and I interesting. love I love getting to so, that. Yeah, through so this. so what happened was, you know, it's like, I mean, if you want me to tell you this, like, I could tell you this. So basically, the bottom line is, I went from smoking weed and drinking, and then uh, LSD. Yeah, uh, LSD. I didn't like LSD. I, I I did it. I didn't like it. Uh, psilocybin. I tr- I mean, I tried everything. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, PCP. What did you uh, think of that? It, it was it was fucked up, man. It was <laughs> fucked up. But I did it again. I was yeah. in Oregon. I was in Oregon. And I said, I'll never do this fucking shit again. I'll never do it. And then then all of a sudden, is when I came down, the guy goes. Uh, here, have a hit, another hit, and I took another hit, and I was out in the backyard shooting a gun. This is in Eugene, Oregon, and uh, so what? But what happened for me was I—I uh, I was just mostly, you know, pot and, and and drinking beer. You know, that that was pretty much it. And then uh, uh, what happened was I made the big mistake and got married the first time. I've made a few mistakes in my life. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so and to make a long story short, that led to. Um, a lot of cocaine, and a, we had a lot of money. So was that in the eighties when you got into cocaine, or sooner? In the in the seventies. Seventies. The seventies. I I was into um, cocaine. Became really big, and um, uh, I I didn't even do it. My wife did it. I I didn't even like it. I just liked to smoke my weed. And I had a big business, so I couldn't really, you know, I started to get a big business. Oh, yeah? And I was young. Yeah, I was in a hurry to make a lot of money. And, well, what kind of business? And then leave it to Beaver. I was trying to leave it to Beaver World where I can retire early. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in the, the flooring business. Was, I got into the flooring business. I liked to work with my ass. I was, I was so loaded, though. I smoked pot like, like 24-7. Mm-hmm. Right. I couldn't go out without smoking pot. And today I work with a lot of people that, that smoke pot. And what happens is they... They smoke so much pot, they can't function without smoking it. I mean, it's not like they, they don't get high or paranoid. They just can't function. Mm. And, and, when, and when, they're, when they're smoke pot, they, they, it's like, you, like I was normal when I smoked weed. Yeah, right. me, me, I, me I became too. normal. I and, smoked all day. Yeah. Morning, and, tonight. And then at about 24 years old, uh, what happened was I moved. I got married when I was like 18, I think 18, 19. I moved to Santa Cruz, California. And I had... Uh, I had really long hair, so I had to put my hair up in a hat. You know, they didn't like long hair people. 
Shout out, good riddance. And I had to wear a wig, you know, to work and stuff. And then I moved out to a farm. So it was like pretty much the 50s. Most of the people were still in the 50s, but then... 50s was was like, if you go in the 50s and 50s music, it was like a lot of uh, um, bands uh, uh, playing in clubs, like, you know, one-hit wonder type guys yeah but what i mean is like you still you had to hide the long hair and stuff because people most still thought yeah like the, they were in the 50s in the of. 60s yeah you had to uh you mean in the 70s too you had to hide your hair and stuff too uh, to get in the 70s if you went up to like if you were in san Luis obispo or you're in big sur oh up there was more yeah, rural. up north yeah more north they, well they would just they would hassle you if you had long hair huh and, uh, Crazy. Yeah, so tattoos was, were just completely yeah. out of line. Yeah, you weren't you weren't allowed to tattoo. I mean, if you had a tattoo on your face yeah. somewhere, you would just it'd lock you up. I mean, what would happen? I don't know. I didn't have tattoos on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. It's just so crazy. Like to think how much we've evolved. You know. I mean, there's. What's the thing now that you can't have or do? You could you could pretty much do whatever you want now. So I think that's a good it, thing. When you got to San, but hold oh, on, I, I just I think that's a good thing. I think that humans have evolved are evolving. You know, I think that sometimes we don't see it, or we we we. A lot of times, people will say, "Oh, like these kids nowadays, blah blah blah." But like honestly, I think because of you know the internet largely and and the ability to to have you know communication instantaneously from with anyone all over the world and just with people more so and um you know and also i think what what happened with art you know and you know bands and rock i think that people are have more open mind and and i, I want to think that you know like p- the human race i think is evolving and i think it's good i'm only 43 and i feel old like when I talk to these youngsters that are getting clean, they're introduced into heroin. When I I smoked weed and drank first, they're getting into this hard shit. Young. Introduced into heroin. Like young. Yeah. Oh, like that's, the, yeah, for sure. Which honestly is also, I think, another thing I'm grateful for being able to hit a bottom quick and go as hard as I went. Because like, let's just, why would we, why, why are we going to prolong it? Well, you the sooner have you hit a bottom, the better. Yeah, but like, well, okay, so like back then, like when you did cocaine, it was really kind of pure. Mm, and then, right. and then when I was twenty-five, I was introduced uh, to uh, to heroin. You know, I was on the way to the Laker game, and we had this little thing you take it, push a button, and it catch a hit, and you you snort it. Right? Really, heroin. Yeah. So, anyways, China White, and uh, huh. and then this guy gave it to me. And he, oh, I've seen that in a movie before. And he goes, he's. He says, little bullet. Yeah. yeah. He says to me, he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, here, have a hit of this. And I had a hit of it. And, and, uh, that was it. And I said, I said, what, what, what was that? And he goes, it was heroin. I go, you fucking asshole. I can't believe you gave me that. But you know what? The next day I went and bought, like, I don't want to, I don't want to say it. You know, a lot. Right? A lot. You loved it. Oh, <laughs> uh, because yeah. And then, and then, uh, it made you feel great. Yeah. Because I found what I like. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a hope to die. Anything goes in the needle, dope fiend. Uh, alcoholic from that point. Once I started using the needle, wow. it was it was over with. And nah, that uh, wasn't even the needle. That was just a yeah. That was just a tutor. But well, what about heroin? Did you like so much? Do you want that niacin? Yeah, I, I think I. Okay, where is it? I'll go get you some. Yeah, we, 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 this. we've been taking niacin. Niacin? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's just like a blood it's a vitamin. Flushing. Trying to clean out or what? 
No, it just feels chill. It's just relax. And it's healthy. kind of itches though, right? Yeah, you get hot. This is anything that's different. I just want to feel different. The reason I <laughs> the reason I asked you that is because you know I did heroin for a little while. Yeah, and I still wanted to be stoned and smoke weed. I preferred that. I, uh, I didn't like it. That maybe much. you didn't do the right kind or the right dose. I stopped, stopped smoking weed. I was thinking I was twenty three or something. I, I I remember I got so I took a hit, and I got so paranoid. And and um, at that time, Crosby, Stills, and Nash had a song I was. Oh, I'm talking about about paranoia. Oh, which Crosby Stills into Nash. your life? It'll creep. You know, stop when you're always afraid. Step out of line. The man comes and takes you away. And I just, you know, I mean, the songs had a lot of meaning. Wow, and depth back then. That's what I'm saying, bro. <clears throat> Crosby Stills and Nash. That song was about yeah using heroin. Yeah, and people then, don't understand. Like, and Stephen Stills, he had a garden. Like, you know. Uh, uh, he talks about the, his garden in England when he moved to England, and, and the, I mean, it's just it was just a different time. It's still, yeah. in fact, those guys when they when they play, uh, you know, David Crosby wasn't all strung out then. And, Can you grab my red phone when you come back on the thing on the charger? But I think once I I like heroin because you could sit there and nod out, and and yet, you know, like you could hear everything that was going you're on. Totally coherent. Yeah, but you're totally coherent, but you're just relaxed. You're yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. But then again. You have to quit using the heroin, and then you fucking stink, and you smell, and you—I mean—it's beyond oh, jonesing. And right. then, and then, and then you have to get through that. Then you do it again. Then you can get high because you stop. You stop getting high. You right. can't get high, no matter how much you did. You, you, I've seen people. Uh, again, I got to watch what I say on here because we got this fucking film thing going on. <laughs> but I've seen people like die, like you know, yeah. and I've seen guys like throw people in trash cans, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just think, oh, and I'm wow. thinking, these are my friends. So wow. you know, this is this is a long time ago because they don't want to get in trouble for someone ODing. Yeah, yeah. I but, was never into heroin because I was a jacker. Yeah, I used to rob people for fun and to get my money. So I thought if I nodded out, I was gonna get robbed. Yeah. So I never fucked. So with what were you just smoking weed? I and smoked drinking? crack. Oh, there you go. And drank hard. I mean, we do whatever. I feel like we just get into whatever starts working. It, it, it doesn't but, matter. It could yeah. be food. Yeah. It could be sex. <laughs> yeah. That was the like first not, drug. Food, yeah. Sugar. Yeah. Like, I would have done speed if I if I could. Yeah. My stomach, did it didn't mix well. I just ended up taking, like, pill, oxy and norco, which is like heroin. Yeah. And I love the down. They, they had a thing called Doors and Fours. Door okay. and Coding. Dude, that's like one of my favorite no effects songs. Yeah. And I had to Google what it was called. Because this punk, yeah, that's really cool. That's a rad reference. Doors and fours. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are they talking about? And it's a, it was pills yeah. and mixed with heroin or what was it? Oh, it was a, it was a pill you could get from the from the um, store. Yeah. No, no, door door I'm not sure what it yeah, had. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you had totally. to take the codeine to make it the, make it the heroin effect. That's rad. My family, they were all drug addicts, and they call it loads. Yeah, loads. And they yeah. would just. I, my uncle, I was like maybe 12, 13. He was on loads. And I was walking home or walking to his house. He said, get in the car, get in the car. He was going to give me a ride. He was like, get in the car. And I was like, no, I'm not getting in that fucking car. Finally, he convinced me to get in the car. Couldn't even get the stick shift thinger. And he scraped all the cars all the way up the road. Wow. On a sick one. <laughs> Doors and... 
fours. Doors and fours. But but the best the, the best one was the Quaaludes. You know that's that yeah. was like a you know that was a really that was a good high. All so, that stuff was before my time. And they stopped making them. Is there nothing like comparable to that? No, I don't think so. Wow. So I wasn't really a drinker. I mean, I you know my dad had a liquor store, and but I wasn't really a drinker. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just uh, I used to drink those cocktails for two. They used to, you don't even know about, they had these things that they would call it in a can called cocktail. And I lived, I lived in Chatsworth at the time and I, I lived one mile from the liquor store. Right. So I used to, I used to buy like seven, eight, nine, and I'd see like in that one mile, how many I could drink. <laughs> I love alcohol, man. <laughs> 40 ounces and 151 all day long. See, I talk about this mm. shit and it's just like, to me, it's like, it's like, a, like it's a I fucking, can't. that's. That's what we're talking about. It's like it's a joke, man. It's a fucking joke that yeah. that I did all that shit to myself. Like at the end of my drinking, kind of right at the end, I was uh, I was drinking and I took some Valium, and and I went into a blackout and I woke up on Van Nuys Boulevard in a donut shop, and I woke I came to and I didn't know what the fuck I where I was, and I was buying a dozen donuts, and the next thing I knew I blacked out again and I woke up and I was on Barrington and Sunset in West L.A. I had no clothes on, mm. and I was standing in the middle of the street, and I was completely, convinced that, completely naked. Yeah, I was convinced that my ex-wife had like sent these guys. That I was insane. Yeah, well, that's what benzos and, and alcohol. Yeah, when you mix benzos and alcohol, I used yeah, to call I, I used to call that the the ultimate cocktail where I just become Superman. Yeah, and it's not like you're blacked out; like you're you're fully lucid. You don't remember <laughs> anything, but you're you're just like. You almost have this superhuman strength to, to, I would pick up on chicks and I didn't, I had, it, I was insane. I was like, yeah, psycho. Are you out of here? Yeah, no. Later, Salty. Yeah, and then, but then, it was, and then I, I, I woke up and I was, uh, I went, I pat, went blacked out again and I woke up and I was driving on Shoop Avenue on the Ventura Freeway. They got a, uh, there's a fence there now, a brick wall. But they didn't used to have that brick wall. And I woke up going like 80 miles an hour. I ran right into that pole that holds the sign up on Shoop. And I uh, I totaled my car, left it there. And I had a big bag of Coke on the on the seat. And the Coke just flipped onto the floor. And it opened up. And I go, oh, fuck. And there was a lot of, lot of Coke. Anyway, so I went in the back and got a knife. And I cut the carpet. And I flipped <laughs> the bag back over. And uh, I... Put that bag in my chest. I was all bloody, and I walked over to my parents' house. I mean, it just—I can go tell you stories that'll blow your mind. But I'm just lucky to be alive, you know. And, and uh, you know, that's what I usually when I do talk in Alcoholics Anonymous, I don't talk about this stuff at all mm-hmm. because it has no meaning to me anymore. You, you put know. the mess in the message when you do that. Yeah, you just—it's uh, just uh, no one cares really. It's like you, people need to hear about recovery. So, you know, all this other stuff is just like, a, it's like, a, it's almost like a war story. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fun sometimes to talk about it. So uh, I want to know about, you saw Led Zeppelin? Yeah, a few times. More, a lot of times, I think, if I can remember. Was that like a, what was, what was that like? Unbelievable. Uh, really? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I still like the guy, the lead singer, what's his name? Uh, Who are we talking about? Led Zeppelin? What what's his uh Robert Plant. He yeah. still he still comes out with good albums every now and then. Yeah. More on the countryside. Well, yeah, I well I like I like some of his latest stuff. Yeah, I mean them together is just you can't even It's funny how like 
when you put it together, it's it's Zeppelin, but then not nine, not not none of them could even come close without all the parts. Yeah, I think well, the same goes for the Beatles, Pink Floyd. So I mean, I've I love Roger yeah. Waters and David Gilmour from Pink Floyd, but yeah, I different mean, they energy, just, man. It's just not the same. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's 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 really kind of cool. So the out Beatles, of those shows, I mean, well, actually, you know, the Beatles are kind of the only uh, exception to the rule, I think, because. John Lennon's solo stuff and Paul McCartney's solo stuff, I mean, Imagine is just John Lennon. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Yeah. I mean, the Beatles, they're such a phenomenal. I'll listen to Abbey Road or whatever on vinyl, and it's. I think a lot of people forget that, like, it's not just the, the big songs, it's every single fucking song <laughs> on the record. And you're like, whoa, that's like dark and like cool and dope. And, and I never even knew that was them. They have a lot of songs, you know. The recording of, process back then was way different, too. Yeah, like listening to albums. Yeah. That's what I get. I don't know. How wanna, to get I, that sound how, that still rocks today, too. Yeah, like Back I don't want to listen to the greatest hits. I don't have any greatest hits. I'll, if I want to hear an album, I'll buy like the album from this website called Discogs. They sell like vinyl, and you can buy like uh, original pressings. And <clears throat> I get really into that stuff. But what you were asking about Zeppelin? Yeah, and so out of all those shows you saw, what's the most memorable one? Like, what's the most memorable band that really just put you in that? I don't know that zone. You know, uh, it was probably uh, I saw BB uh, King, Albert King, and Freddie King. Whoa! All three of them in San Bernardino. So BB King, they're all related. What, I only know BB. They're brothers. Oh my God! You don't know blues, baby. Okay. No, so, I don't. but BB King sort of. Was he one of the first guitar, like electric guitar I, guys? I, okay, what? so I like I listened I listened to everything, but for me, like okay, so I was more okay. I grew up in a time in the valley where there was like a lot of dirt roads, and there was a place called the Palomino Club. Oh my God, I know it. it's still around right now. Yeah, and and no, I think I played no, there. No, it's not. It's gone now. Oh. It's been gone out in North Hollywood. Okay. Anyway, so anybody oh. that was anybody, anybody that was anybody played there. And my, my favorite band was the Flying Burrito Brothers. And, oh, uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers. Yeah, Graham Parsons. Yeah. And, Wait, uh, Al, oh, so, but Alan Parsons Project. No, no. Oh, it's, it has yeah. nothing to do with Alan Parsons. You guys will listen to the, you'll, you'll listen to Flying Burrito Brothers after, after we're done okay. with this. I will. <laughs> I'll probably yeah. buy Any, anyway, so, one of their records. But anybody, like from Merle Haggard to, to uh, George Jones, anybody, uh, Anybody that was anybody in music, in music, all Rolling Stones, they all came to the Palomino and they would play there. Wow. And unannounced, a lot of them. And we were Fuck, just kids. Dude. We were kids, so we, we used to hang out outside, you know, in the back. Because you could hear the music, right, you know, out the back door. And then, they, you know, they, they'd come out when they take the break. They'd come outside and they, you know, they'd have a drink. Because everybody drank and smoked cigarettes. Everybody. Yeah. Probably killed them all, too. But... <laughs> but uh, um, uh, Graham, Graham died of a heroin overdose, and uh, uh, for, for, from the Flying Burrito Brothers. Yeah, yeah, he died. He was with uh, Emmy, uh, Emmy Lou Harris, and they just—I mean, that that music—that's—I fell in love with country. Yeah, so, I, I, that's my—I think my, one of my favorite genres. So, I, I came to it later in life, but I'm, I'm now realizing that. Yeah, so country, not like country, like you think, like 
roots country, yeah. like yeah. folk it's country. Like country music's all fucked up, I think. You know, it's just different. It's, it's, not, it's not fucked up. It's just different. You know, the country music I know with the pedal steel and all that stuff. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of new guys that are really good. They write some great music a lot, and stuff. A yeah. lot. Have you heard of Sam Outlaw? Uh, he's a softer, more singer-songwriter. Yeah. There's a lot of great country. Yeah. I hate even calling it country because, you know, you have your, like, pop country, which yeah. is just not what I'm interested in. Yeah. But when you have the story, and even in pop country, the stories and, and yeah. the lyrics. But if you, if you listen, okay, when, 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 this is, when it's all said and done, get some Freddie King, okay, and get some Albert King. Forget about B.B. B.B. was, was too just, you know, B.B. was like... For me, for me, I mean, BB was BB, but for me, if you want to really get in some blues music, you know, get into Freddie King and Albert King. Okay. And there's a lot of more guys I can tell you about too, Magic Sam and all kinds, but I kind of like. Uh, this old there you go. This old town filled with sin. You should listen. It'll listen to swallow that you in. Listen, listen. No, five seconds. Honestly, you should listen to that song. Right. That's oh, a, I will. That's their original. That's their first one. Sin City. Yeah. I mean, hold up. We, we just listened to something for ten seconds, and it's this old town filled with sin will swallow you. That in. wasn't even ten seconds. Yeah, it's crazy. I just you know, it's just like it's not the same. You, you know what it says though? It says, right for the throat. It goes on, on to say, if you got some money to spend, if take, take it home right away. You got three years to pay, but Satan is is waiting at waiting at your door, and this is you know this old earthquake is going to leave us in the poorhouse, mm. you know. And uh, you know there was a place called Nudies. You, you ever hear about Nudies Western Wear? See, you guys, you, you guys, this is a whole, cool like Western so, shop. So, oh, and lo- when TV first for me, when TV first started, or television, or whatever you want to fucking call it. Um, it was westerns. Every Saturday was western movies. We'd go to the western yeah. movies. So my grandfather, he was his best friend was a, a guy named Nudie, and you can look that up too. You know, you guys can see it. It's a Nudie's Western Wear, and he made all the, the, the those Nudie shirts for all the all the uh, Gene Autry, Roy Rogers, uh, all you know, Monty Montana, right. all of them. And uh, in fact, I have a Gene Autry original shirt wow. that I bought. I bought at the Gene Autry Museum. Anyways, um, so that's that's kind of where I just got into the country thing. You know, that's that's what I fell in love with. But so, what about Chris Christopherson? Oh yeah, he's incredible. That's like my favorite. Oh, I yeah. think that might be my favorite. People uh, people don't know that he's written like half the songs that are out there. Janis Joplin. Yeah. Well, the me Bobby, and Bobby McGee. McGee, which is a, a, there's a line in that song that I reference at meetings when I share all the time. Uh, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Yeah. So learning to lose, I use that. Like when we have stuff, we're just so afraid to lose it all the time. Yeah. You know, no matter what, this my wife, my house, my this this podcast, my listeners. It's always whatever to each their own. But like, you'll grow you, out of that once you lose it all. You'll, you'll grow out of it. No, I know. But like, I lost some some serious shit. You know that my friend Dane and and the, the music career I had. I was signed to Universal. We toured everywhere. We put out three yeah. or four albums. Success in sobriety. Yeah. And then you got fifteen year olds making music on their laptops. That was incredible. And we couldn't compete. It was crazy. Yeah. The electronic dance movement started to become something that was. It just everything started changing, and we became sort of a little bit irrelevant. Politics, all that stuff, and it was devastating when I lost it. But 
Because you lose. Uh, but so, I was the most free once it was gone. Yeah, I was well, like, wow. Once you lose something and you lose the fear of losing something, yeah. you lose the fear of losing. It's yeah. freedom. But you it learn comes, to lose. Yeah, but it comes back. Well, you think because you see it's what happens. freedom. Yeah. Well, yeah. So let's not. We, we can't compete with Paul's voice. Well, when Paul, no, when Paul comes in, no, just making that statement no, no, though. You have a strong. When you're when you're doing something and, and you and you you lose it, like you lost your sense of purpose, or you so you think. Yes, but that's because there's another plan for you to do something 100%. else. Hundred percent. You see, either God wants it to be, or yeah. God doesn't want it to be. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So if God wants you to be with your wife, it'll be. If yeah. God doesn't want you, there's nothing you can do that can keep it together, and that's with everything that we do. You know, it's whether it's the job, whether it's the girl, whether it's the cards. You know, I've gotten to the point in my life, I really don't, um, I don't really, I have material shit doesn't mean nothing. I mean, I could walk away. I'm thinking about moving now, and I got a whole apartment full of shit, and yeah. I just got to either give it to my kids if they want it or just get rid of it. Yeah. It's just stuff. Yeah. So, but well, that's you, because you, I've lost a lot of stuff in my life. Right. Two years ago, I lost my son. You know, this disease ate, wow. him, ate him up. And he, he uh, oh suffocated and died. Never got to see his daughter. So, you know. How old? He was 42. Wow. And he had just had a kid. or He, was he hadn't a, had it yet. His no. wife was pregnant. So now you have a relationship with the wife and the kid. Yeah. In fact, tonight when, during the meeting, her mom texted me because she's got cancer. So she was saying that she's going for chemo tomorrow. Wow. And, uh, you know, so it's just it, life just goes on just because you're sober. You know. Yeah. You know, life goes on. You come home and. You catch your wife in the bed with some guy, and life goes on. Yeah. <laughs> and you get another wife, and you catch her with somebody. <laughs> just don't go with sober girls. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm glad that hasn't happened yet. Yet. Thank There's God. A, There's Thank always God. a yet. I've been married nine years. Nice. Pretty good, good run. You're still getting along and everything? Yeah, my daughter's nine-year-old. We didn't get married till my baby was born, like two weeks later. Actually, my daughter's my up. my one year sobriety gift. Oh, really? So all that happens around the same time. Hmm. I, I get my nine years. It's a wedding <laughs> anniversary, and my baby's born all in that same like two week oh, period. Cool. So it's it's a it's a a motivator to stay sober for sure. Do you ever think about drinking? No, I came in done. I came in after a twenty year run. 21-year run, suicidal. Yeah, I remember like I when say, you came I used to in. go out rob people. and You always had a question. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I had a lot to learn, man. <laughs> I had to learn to lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a great little little line. Um, so there's this uh, other line in Billy D by Chris Christopherson that I've read in meetings. Billy D was 17 when he turned 21. Hold up. Just that right there is crazy. It's so poetic. Like, he was 17 when he turned 21, meaning, you know, fooling with some foolish things he could have left alone. But he had to try to satisfy the thirst he couldn't, a thirst he couldn't name, driven towards the darkness by the devil in his veins. It's heroin. Hell yeah. Right? He's, Chris Christopherson, he's like a, he's like a, you know, he just, he's just, He's not even from this planet. It's crazy. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the old guys were like that. You but know? you don't really get that level of depth in lyrics 
with really any other genre besides I don't even want to call it country. I feel like folk, like singer songwriter slash folk slash country is kind of the thing. Danielle and Hillary are are exiting the building. Thank you so much for setting this up. This guy's amazing. You owe me 50 bucks. Easy. That's easy. I got you. Big smiles. I don't know what happened out there, but I think it must have been good. good Yeah, you got it. You got it. We're talking about Jesus. Yeah, what you're talking about. I'm going for a strong. I love it. Yeah. See, that's what I want to do here. I want to have a place where people can meet other people and. I mean, you know, see you later. Love you. The, the Zoom meetings, you don't get the same. I mean, people kind of hang out after in the in the in the in the room on the laptop. You know, she gave me your number, but like, there's nothing like personal interaction. I mean, look, we got to fellowship. The two new guys were out there talking. I haven't for seen a, you two in person in years. I've been seeing mm-hmm. you on Instagram, but yeah, it's really cool, man. Yeah, man. And then uh, they they get to fellowship, and it's a um, trip, man. Yeah. <laughs> When I used to see you guys every Monday night. Yeah, I used to look forward to those Monday nights. Yeah, man. But then, uh, you know, I I just, you know, you know, Astrid just, uh, she pushed out Randy. And that was fucked up. Just going to keep it real. Like, Randy was was like one of the main, I loved coming to that meeting. Kind of because of Randy, really. Well, I mean, he was one of the people that changed my life. After having five years of sobriety, losing the music thing, and my friend Dane who died, and I was like, fuck, dude, like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, fuck all this shit. Found primetime. That's what helped me say, fuck all this shit. I don't care. But it was, it was Randy talking about sh- tying his shoelaces with self or tying his shoelaces with, with God. And if you tie your shoelaces with self, you, you know, the shoes are old, the carpet's fucking dirty. The kids aren't acting right. I'm going to just go hang myself in the closet. Did he sponsor you? No, but I remember hearing that in the car driving, and I just remember like laughing out loud by myself. He has a sponsor. He's just right. God, 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 God. Really? Sometimes I'd walk by his table in, in the meeting because he was in, at the table to the side, and he'd be writing God, 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 God. Hmm. So Randy's coming here on Wednesday and doing our podcast. Nice. So anyone listening, I'm really excited to do that. But I also was really excited to talk to you. Um, I'd love to be able to, at some point, get to some recovery. I love that you you said, put the mess in in message. You know that one? I've never heard that. you never heard that? But I know that, look, talking about like your... Your, your stories of using and drinking, your war stories, what we like to call them, that's what we also call a drunkalogue. Yeah, in, no, in we the don't program. do that. We don't do and that. In prime time, we don't do that. And I also don't think it, it, I think sometimes it serves a message for some newcomers. Oh, I get it. Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Oh, he's crazy, just like me. But like, I, I always think it's important to get to the recovery part. Yeah, that can get a person to start glamorizing when they hear that. I mean, even just listening to, um, you talking about like this is how sick I am. He's talking about waking up naked. I'm like, I want to do that. Ha. Like <laughs> what? Because I just know how when you're when you were blacked out in that moment, you didn't have a care in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had the opposite of that. You were just like on one, you know. And I, that there's something about that that's appealing to me. You know what I mean? Straight out of control. But so getting sober, 
how was that? Did you lose? Yeah, you what was your lost. bottom? What was your bottom? Yeah, my bottom. Um, you must have lost some shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I, uh, I was I was a, I was young and uh, I was, it was just a, it's a whole story about my with my ex wife and uh, you know I was I moved out and I moved back in. I really I hated her for what she was playing around and stuff. And I, but I was there because I had kids. So and I was and I just started using again. I you know I couldn't. Oh, you you had already tried to stay sober. Yeah, well, I've been in a mental hospital. They didn't have, well, you know, rehabs are mental hospitals. Right. They're fucking mental, but but they think I'm in rehab. Like you're like you're on a fucking boat on a cruise going to fucking <laughs> Catalina. You're the insane. The fuck's wrong with you, man? You're insane. But they used to put a little white tag on you. So huh. so <clears throat> in '81, I accidentally killed myself, and. Uh, I ended up uh, it, it, there's a, the, it, the, on um, on Roscoe and uh, I don't know what the hell street it is down there, Satakoy or something. There was a hospital there and it's it's gone now. I think there's a Lowe's, a Lowe's mm. uh, store. That was a, a big hospital. I ended up there and uh, I left the hospital and mm. I, I swore off everything but cocaine and uh, I wasn't going to do heroin anymore. I wasn't going to drink anymore and. Uh, Anyways, make a long story short, I ended up um, in my parents' house because they had gone away, and I was getting really, I was, I, had, I don't know, I had a lot of, a lot of cocaine, and I was fixing it, and uh, and I called my, I think it was my ex-wife, I called her and I said, um, you, know, you got to take me back to the mental hospital, and we, we weren't, you know, we were, we were still married, but I wasn't really living there, <clears throat> so she ended up taking me. Uh, she came and picked me up. I made her pick up a, a, a shot of heroin, a, a gram uh, a heroin. And then she came over and I fixed. And, that, and then I went to the hospital. But I, you know, they, she dropped me off and, and I've been sober since. But what happened, my bottom was, I was like completely out of my fucking mind. And I went into this mental hospital and they put you, back then they would just lock you in a room. Because they didn't know what to do with you. There was no program. They didn't have like an AA Draw you right out, huh? Yeah, they just fucking, they, they go, you're going to sit here and fucking, and I was on methadone, a lot of methadone. Um, I, I used to get methadone and I did everything. It was you know, just, a, I just wanted to die. And what happened was I, uh, I was in, a, in Pasadena and this guy walks in and, uh, and he says to me, he goes, hey, if you don't get this fucking program, you're going to fucking die. And uh, I had no idea. And he's still my sponsor today. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And he says, let's get on our knees and say the third step prayer. Now, you know, I, I had lost, uh, you know, I, I, was I was. Was that your first meeting or? No, that was my third trip to the mental hospital. My story is, is Bill's story. You can, you, can read, you can read my story if you read Bill's story. Bill Wilson? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it says I, on my third trip to the mental hospital. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, so I mean, that, hold on. Let's see. So this is uh. They would put people in hospitals, like Towns Hospital. Yeah. Yeah, because they just were still figuring out what this thing was, this disease. They would put them in mental institutions. Yeah. Strange and I like honestly, that. I still feel like we're still learning a lot and. I worked in recovery at these cushy rehabs, man. It's yeah. Oh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out. I where think it is. they get it too good, man. 
Yeah, for sure. My, my, my sponsee is at Liberty House right now, which is where I went. Liberty House in Kentucky. And that's a, uh, I mean, they're, you know, you're up at eight. You got to make your bed. You have chores. You're, you're, they're grouping you every day. You do attitude checks at dinner, positive, negative. You're getting pulled up, writing words. It's fucking gnarly. I saw a lot of people go out, but at the same time, if you're done, you can get, I, I didn't go to rehab. I got sober at home. Yeah, I was just too. done. Yeah. See, it, yeah. it, it says on 13, it's it a big enough bottom. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol, you know, which was, for me, it was drugs. But, it's, it's, you know, anything that affects you from the neck up. Um, um, at the hospital, I was separated from the treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tantrums there. I humbly offered myself to God, which is what my sponsor did. He says, let's get on our knees and say, you know, say the third step prayer. As I understood him to me, to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have this newfound friend take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. He did all the steps except for step uh, 9 and 12. Yeah, so... Pretty much in that. So what, what happened for me was, uh, you know, I, had, I was very successful. I had a lot of, I had a lot of money. I had a bunch of houses. I had cars, boats, motorhomes, all the shit that you thought all you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And I'd gone through everything. And if not, if I didn't go through it, my wife went through it. And was uh, she uh, also an addict? She was. Uh, I found later on she was on Valiums and Coke, but um, I didn't didn't know. It, I was a workaholic. I was a complete workaholic. But you were loaded while you were working. Uh, I was. I was loaded. Yeah, up until the end. But I was mostly. Mostly, uh, I do coke in the morning to get up, and I had a big company. And then at night, I'd do the heroin, or I, you know, I. And then once I got strung out on heroin, it's, it's hard. You know, once, when you're strung out on heroin, it works for a while, but after that, you're just get, shooting dope to just feel to get no. right. They call it, yeah. you know, just get right. Did you're you lose getting, your business? You're not getting high. Um, yeah, I walked away from all of it. I just walked. You didn't sell it or anything? You just walked away? No, I just walked away from everything. I walked away from my whole life. I moved. When I got sober, I moved this to Santa Monica, Venice area, and never came back. I never came back over the hill. With no money or nothing? Uh, I ended up uh, living at a friend's house, and uh, uh, then I went and stayed with this, uh, uh, my secretary. And then, uh, you know, I was there for about a month, and then I, I, just, I had to go back to work. You know, I, I had three kids. I, you know, I wasn't, like, fortunate. Like, everybody gets to go to meetings and talk shit and smoke cigarettes. I had to actually go to work, too. So um, uh, I ended up living with my best friend, who was this girl who became my wife of 20 years. And uh, um, we, we ended it. You know, I lived out here in Agora. I lived in Santa Monica. Then in 1994, moved out here. But... What happened was I, um, after, I just started going to meetings. I was going to Skid Row, uh, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Wait, wait, wait. So, so what did you do? Just get a, after you walked away from your business, which was producing revenue, good revenue. For I couldn't your, work anymore. I couldn't work. And then you dried out for a few months, and then you went to some other job? Uh, what happened was I, uh, I, I, was in, I, knew, I knew how to install flooring, hardwood flooring. Uh-huh. And vinyl and linoleum. I was right, a right. linoleum guy. Uh-huh. I'm from the old school shit. They don't make anymore. 
And there wasn't, there was only a few of us that knew how to do that. So I was always able to make money with my hands. Okay. So, you know, I just, as long as I had a car, somebody was always willing to give me a job. Okay. So, you know, I mean, to tell you my first job sober, I was about three months uh, and I went to my sponsor and I said, hey, I don't want to live anymore. I want to, I used to meet my sponsor every day at the graveyard in 14th and Pico because I was so ungrateful for my life. You know, they they fucked me out of everything and look what she did to me and look what she did to me. And so he would say to me, he goes, well, are you looking for a job? And I thought about it and I go, no, because see, I thought you turn your life and will over to God as you understand him. And I thought... I thought something was going to happen. Mm. The phone's going to fucking ring. Right. Right? I turned my life and will over. So that means I'm, I don't have to do anything. God's, but it's a program of action. Yeah. It's not a program of thinking. And uh, so he says, I'm not going to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you until you come back to me with three places where you went to look for a job. And I walked into the first place, and they gave me a job over at uh, uh, Boeing. Started working at Boeing. And uh, I was out of my fuck. I fucking cut my finger off. Wow. I mean, I was because I was thinking. I, then I started realizing how fucked I was. Not from the drinking and using, but my thinking. I became I became sicker sober than, than I ever was getting loaded. Yeah, you know. And um, and and what happened was I I. I, like you talked about in the meeting, I, st- I took over the whole business, the you whole got company. It. Yeah. You know, like, get the fuck out of my way. Fuck you. I'm the guy. Yeah. I know everything. I was telling them how to do because they didn't know how to do anything, honestly. And mm-hmm. I'd been doing it for so long that I knew what I was doing. I mean, that's one thing I knew how to do was like all kinds of, they came out with a new flooring. They had, they had this new thing called computers. See, <laughs> see I, when I got sober, there was no cell phone. Yeah. You know, you, you had a beeper, right? <laughs> Remember the fucking beeper yeah. thing? Yeah. And in that, most most of us couldn't even afford that. So you actually had to pick up the phone and call your sponsor. You actually had to go to a meeting, and they you had to clean the floors, do the coffee. I mean, they gave you a commitment and everything. You clean did. ashtrays. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, the ashtrays. It wasn't about or or get cookies or make cookies. It wasn't like it is now. I think, and it's, today it's you know I think we're like we're we're too soft on pe- a lot of people. I mean, I I sponsor a lot of guys. Today and I, I see them. They leave these stupid fucking sober living things, and they they're on. They go on their own, and uh, and they they die. You know, I, I I can't tell you how many guys I've gone to pick up who were knocked on the front door and they were dead from fentanyl. You know, and so I mean I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm going ahead of myself, but it, I think that instead of all this rehab shit where like I said to these people the other day I go you got a rehab you charge a thousand dollars a day for these people what do you do with these people after 30 days what do you do with them he goes well they leave and I go and and then what yeah. you don't I mean they go home like where, where do they go and so he says well I go what happens if they get loaded he goes well they come back again and we we make another charge 30, them 000. again charge them again <laughs> I go it, and I, I looked at the guy and I wanted to go what a fucking piece of shit but it's who am I to judge any when, of when it? did all these no, rehabs started yeah, coming around okay so when, so listen so I said to him why don't you set aside some money where when these people and if you're listening to this podcast thing honestly I mean I could tell you all the happy horse shit you want to hear but when you leave a sober living or a rehab or situation you should take and you spend fucking sixty grand on the piece of shit. It's like if you're going to, if you have any money left, get like a guy that knows what the fuck he's talking about. 
to go home with you for yeah. one week. Sober companion. Yeah. So that's what I, I actually, I made a podcast. I made a, I made a website. I just haven't done it because I just have, I have my feelings towards making money off people. But I like, like I know I've done it with so many people with for fun and for free where I take them home and they got a big stack of fucking mail waiting for them when they leave the thing. Right. And they go and they come home and they, they don't know what to do. I go, you see the mail? And they go, yeah, I take the mail and I throw it in a trash can. Really? I, yeah, because they're going to, if you got fucking bills, don't worry about it. They're going to send you another bill. Right. But, it because, but it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming. And then I say, okay, what in here means something to you? What means something? Like it has, it has, like if something happens to anything here, what was, they used to have a story. There was a story in A that guy goes home with his sponsor, walks in the house. The guy's got nothing in his house, nothing. But there's a little cup sitting on the middle of the room, the floor, and the and the guy says, "I have to go to the bathroom to a sponsor, but sit sit wherever you want, but just be very careful. Don't touch that cup because it means everything to me." So and the sponsor goes, "Oh, okay." So the guy goes to the bathroom, as the sponsor picks the cup up, throws it against the wall, and breaks it into a thousand pieces. <laughs> so the guy says, "Why did you do that? That cup meant everything." He says, "Now you got nothing to worry about. There Get sober, go. motherfucker." Fuck you yeah. know. I mean, that's the way it used to be. It used to be like that. And yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous, like people took no shit. And uh, but I just feel that uh, I feel that you should. Um, uh, you should be able to, you know, like a, hire somebody. I mean, you know, they got to get paid. It's their life. You know, they do it for a living. Take them, ho- go home with them. Like I could take somebody, and in one week, I can tell you, I know if they're going to stay sober, if they want, if they have the willingness to want to do the program. I can introduce them to all the people they need to know the rest of their life. Yeah, they, I can introduce them to the meetings. I can introduce them to a whole new way of life, but. You have to be, are you ready? Like, are you ready to take certain steps? As some of these, we balked. We thought we could easier find a softer way. Well, if you got an easier, softer way, then fucking go do it. But I just don't see it happening for a lot of people because a lot of the people that I see now, the parents are, I'll love you to death. I'll love you to death. I'll love you to death. And they do. They, cuck, they fucking kill their kids. They're all like pussies. I've been telling my stepdad that about his kid. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, because, I, well, I've seen him die. Now, what happened was, in, in let's see, in 1990, I'd say it was 90, 1995, 96, they had these things called rehabs. They didn't have that shit before. And there was a place called, I don't want to mention names on here because I don't want to, yeah. But anyways, so, and I'm from, I'm, I was living out here. And I started going to meetings in Malibu. And, and they, didn't like, they didn't like us talking to, because, we, you know, I'm, I'm for fun and for free. I'm doing workshops on steps one, two, and three, you know, because I'm meeting Bob and I'm doing all this work. And, and the rehabs got pissed off. They were pissed off about it because I kept telling people, you don't need to go to a, you, are you sober right now? Do you need to drink right now? No, well then fuck the rehab. Come to a meeting, get a big book because that's what ends up happening anyway. Buy a $60,000 big book. Yeah, and, and they, don't, they don't tell you that. They don't like, like in other words, we're going to keep you there I know I don't want to get you know it's just judging, but it's like no, I, I hear you. I, I worked I, in I rehab, so I know. But I mean, I I see people every so, day at meetings, so and everybody's a therapist, and everybody's this, and everybody's that, and it's like, and I go like, you don't you don't know anything, you don't you don't know nothing about what the fuck you're talking about. How long are you sober? A year. You're a counselor. You're what? You're a therapist. Um, hmm. Okay. So, but then my head will say to me. 
I know so much more than that person, and they're making all this money, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm going home, and I have no job, and I can't even get a job. You know, I I I had a career, a twenty year. I had a, my whole life was really in flooring, and uh, and and it was ripped away by the Asian. I don't want to get into the whole Chinese thing, but anyway. So, I, but I go to these jobs, these job interviews, and the guys go. You know, you know more than I, like the boss would come out and he goes, you know, you're just too overqualified. I can't hire you. I can't hire you. What? So it's like, so the thing is like, what do I really know? What, what do I know better than anything? You know, I've, I've watched hundreds of people right in front of me get sober. You know, I've seen <laughs> kids come back, wives come back, wives go away. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it all over. And that's really, that's what I've done. I mean, I'm, I am 30 years, 37 years sober. So you know, when you when you do that, you live on the west side of L.A., you know, which is the spidey capital of the world, in my mind. It is. You know, you uh, you you watch you watch a lot of people go in and watch a lot of people go out, and you never judge or criticize anybody. Never fucking shoot the wounded. All you just say when you're done, just come back. We're here waiting mm-hmm. for you. My my home group is the Venice Beach group, where every day is a fucking holiday. Just so you know, we meet on Saturday morning at the uh, the dog park in Venice when it's open. Right now, it's closed because of. Uh, the stupid fucking COVID. Is that COVID. the same one that used to be on the sand, or is that a different? No, meeting? that's a different meeting. Oh. What time? Uh, Seven thirty to nine Saturday morning. It's got a it's got a, a Zoom thing. That's a commitment, Seven, bro. Seven thirty a.m. Saturday morning. Yeah, that's a commitment. I'd have to just not sleep. We we uh, show up at seven thirty. We've been there. We've been around for thirty. I think thirty five years. So are, wow. are you? So, but you guys aren't meeting. Are you meeting physically? We used to meet in the Santa Monica Mall when there, when there was a Santa Monica Mall. Then they tore the Santa Monica Mall down, and and we have a thing in our home group where where we used to go like like the the promenade, you know, the promenade that everybody goes down to. That was Skid Row. That was all Skid Row. So we used to go in the promenade and we get all the homeless people and we take them to the meeting in the mall, and we make them sit. And a lot of guys got sober. And so what people we used to say we don't care who the, who you are or how really, much really so some of those those people that were on Skid Row went you dragged them to the meeting and they got sober yeah we we used to say we don't care who you are or how much time you have you get three fucking minutes you can say whatever you want to say for three minutes mm. and then they felt like they were part of yeah. the meeting you know yeah. I mean I ended up at my bottom I ended up living in in my car on Ocean Avenue. And I weighed about 150 pounds. I'd, I hadn't bathed in I don't know how long. And I had a pair of short shorts on. You know, they, they had short pants that were short, really short back then. And uh, back in the old Magic Johnson Laker, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and I'd be standing in the street screaming at the people on the street that I live closer to the beach than they did. Because I, I lived in the park. <laughs> <laughs> right. So and I had an apartment seven blocks away. I just could never make it home. Is this Santa Monica and Beverly Glen? No, this where that where I was. Where you're talking about? No, Santa Monica Ocean Avenue, like right right on the right cliff, on, uh, on the cliff. You know where the where the like the pier is, and yeah, you walk yeah, the cliff. Yeah. But what about this mall you're talking about? The malls where the where the mall they built the new mall. They tore the old one down. Okay, and they built an outdoor one. But okay. there used to be a, there used to be a big full on mall there. So the right off the ten. He, he, so here's the thing, right? You're, I'm fucking. Let's just say I'm twenty two. I'm twenty one, and I'm. I don't want to be using anymore. But I can't. Uh, I don't know. What do you? What are you gonna? What do you do? 
Okay, so I, I couldn't stay sober for a day. Yeah, so you're you're 21, you're 22. I needed to go. You need to somewhere. Be, yeah, okay, and live there. Yeah, because I because I and, and and even when you go and you live somewhere, like I tr- I tried to leave. Five days, I'm like I'm fucking out, dude. Yeah, but I my parents didn't let me come back home. Yeah, and then I stayed, and then the magic happened. I heard someone share. They had a Pink Floyd shirt on. Us and them. Uh, I'm like, oh my god, a light went off because I. The option to come home was off the table now. So I sort of had surrendered a little bit. I said, all right, I'll stay. And I, my mind opened a little. I heard the message, and I went all in, right? That's what it took. But I'm just saying, like, I was at a really good – I think there are really, really good facilities that, that know that with, with – you know, Larry, who owns Liberty House, he's got 40 years sober. He's deaf, and he's a fucking – a genius when it comes to like reading kids he's you know like you've seen a lot and he knows the disease and he's helping kids you know they're, they're they're helping get to the root of the character defect in the house because you didn't fucking do your chore right and now you're not trying to own up to it well here's 20 other guys calling you out on it are you gonna fucking own your shit or not hmm. and how long is it gonna take you to like admit what you fucking did and that's the type of shit that doesn't happen at home when you're living with your parents they don't know they'll enable you yeah Yeah, your parents don't know shit so i think rehabs and sober livings are awesome and important if you know they're doing them right you think you hit your bottom in 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 rehab uh before rehab yeah and then i went and then my parents were so fucked up that they wouldn't pay Cause they were going through a divorce and my dad was like, I'm not paying unless the bitch pays half. <laughs> and then they let me, and then nobody paid and they kicked me out Damn. after years of like, you know, what are we going to do? Our son's going to die. I'm finally in rehab and willing. So and I have finally to, had to get it yourself. huh? And yeah. then I had to leave cause they wouldn't pay. But that's why, that's why like, but I got, I stayed sober because I was scared. I, something happened in that place in those 30 days I was there for. Yeah. Something happened where I heard the message and I got the fear and I'm like, I want this. And I kept going back to meet them at the meetings on Santa Monica in the West side. Yeah. Kelton, um, log cabin, you know, these meetings. Yeah. yeah. I was going to those meetings. All I needed to do was get to the meeting every single day. That's the only thing I needed to do. Crazy but, how know, it works, man. But everyone's story is different. Yeah, but the reason I bring this up is because we were just sort of talking about sober. Well, I'm I don't trying. think everyone's. I think we all went to meetings every day in the beginning, or oh, just yeah. about oh, as yeah. many as possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking for a home right now. Uh, about two, $2 million, $1.5 million. Um, my, my stepmom's going to help us get this place. And me and Gus want to open a house where kids can come and get sober. You still got that house with the little bench on the side? Oh, right. No, that one. And I'm posting. He saw, he's talking about a house that I went and saw, sober living, that would have been perfect. But no, we're still looking. And we're trying to get the county to allow us to have more than six beds. And So I want to open a place where we can really do some know, good like work, have man. people like Gary come and like, like meet the kids 
and run a meeting. And then like we have chores and they have, they're accountable. Each person has their own chore. They have to get up at a certain time. We all have to go to a meeting every day and, and you have to do attitude checks at dinner, which is you have to write a positive <laughs> and a negative on each person in the house. Like you good job right on. You got, you got a sponsor and then negative this guy, you've been isolating. You haven't been helping anyone. You've, you've been, and, and then that, have everyone, yeah, everyone helps everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. a really magical thing that can happen in 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 in, re, in rehab or in a sober living. Really, is what it is. Okay, so, but so all that's great, right? In my mind, all that's great. But when they leave, the thing is, is that I can I can they call it program, right? I can go in, yeah. I can go to jail, and like they used to say, used to say, I can stand on my head for thirty days, right? I mean, that's kind of like the thing. So I know how to go. This is what you hear all the time. I know how to go to sober living or rehab, and I know how to do the deal for 30 days, 60 days, nine, whatever I'm there. No, no, no. But here's the thing is it's a year. Yeah. It's a year. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. But when I get out, when I get out. But once you've done it for a year, you have a better chance than if you did it for 30 yeah, days. If you and, can and, keep and, them for a year. And, no, but that's the goal. You don't get to graduate unless you, you get graduate status. And it's a whole it's a whole program designed to actually keep people sober. And you don't leave. You don't get to graduate unless your exit plan checks out. Yeah. Which is where are you living? What are you doing? Where are you working? Who are you living with? Does that all check out? All right, cool. Yeah, exit man. plan approved. Hold on. Exit plan approved, but you still don't get to leave for a couple months. Because we're just going to let you stay here while you know you okay. can leave. Okay. So my, my thing it's is, I, my, my thing is these people come to me and they say that, you know, I got this, I got that. I go, okay. I said, so what happens if the guy doesn't have any money? Well, he's got to leave. Well, well yeah, that's well, wait a minute. What do you mean? Why? So basically, Hey, this is what my can make complaint with, with rehab is, is like, it's like, Oh yeah, we'll take you as long as we can. You got insurance. You got insurance? No. What, what if I don't have insurance? Well, then die, motherfucker. Or it's four thousand, three thousand. But 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 how so, else? So, so what we what we used to do? So, so this what is we great. do is, and what I, it says in the doctor's opinion that the, that before anybody can hear anything, they need about thirty days, uh-huh. right? So what do they do back then? It's like in other words, it nothing's changed. The big book is the big book. It's still the same. Everything in the big book, it's a hundred percent. You believe it or you don't believe it. So. There's a thing called Brotman Hospital, and there's, and there's other detoxes. So my thing is, today, what I do with guys, I take them to detox, and I say, you're going to detox for a week or two. It costs like five grand or something like that. Uh-huh. And then when you come out, we're going to go to work. And I'm going to introduce you. And so I put like this guy on him, then another guy on him for Tuesday, another guy on him for Wednesday. And so basically, he knows that this is the shit that he does. And if he's willing to do this stuff, he can stay sober. And you know what? It didn't cost him nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, that's great. And, and you know what? He's back in society. Where is he living? He's living at his place normally. If he doesn't have a place to live, then he's got to f- figure that out. Yeah, most of these kids. But are you know, you can you can live in a sober living for four or five hundred dollars a month. Well, that's what we're. trying. You don't have to get a thirty dollar, thousand dollar rehab to. Yeah. Like where I live, there's sober living houses all over. And all of a sudden you hear, oh, yeah, that guy died in there and that guy died over there and that guy did. This guy left. And it's like, and what they do is they shuffle them around the whole United States. It's once you get in the system. They, they even, I spons- a guy that I sponsor, they told him if you get, he had to leave after 90 days, this place in Venice. And this guy that was in the, that owns it, didn't even know what he was doing. And, they, and he told him, if, hey, if you get loaded, I'll take, I'll, 
I'll call the IOP and get you another 30 days. Right. Right? I'm sure you've heard about that. I don't know. Yeah. Because it can just bill them again. Well, a lot of them are scams. Oh, like, okay. We, we know well, somebody even... who's in one and everybody's using it. But what's there. the point? I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. He wants to open a genuine one that helps people. Yeah. So he's trying to figure and, out and, how and you I, can do that. Well, I'm not figure. I'm just, all I need is a house. I already have, but here's the other thing about what I want to do. And I would, and I really need but people this like post program, this post sobriety living is important because once you get out, it's well, that, well, it, that's why I need people like Paul and Gary and Randy and Hillary and Dan, and and Gus and and all the people we all need we all need to real to, inspirations to go in there. Well, well, not only that, but when they leave, they need to start becoming a part of the community. Networking, yeah. Regardless of whether they can go to the. Are you guys doing the meeting like, or is it all Zoom on the Sunday on the Saturday? Well, morning? what what I did was, and people got mad at me, you know, because right. I, you know, I'm, but I started a Monday night meeting at the park next door to me. I started a Wednesday night meeting at the park next to me. And then we go down south for a meeting outside. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I kind of, uh, uh, I'm still a, a, a very, uh, I, I don't follow the rules. A rebel. Yeah, I'm a an anarchist. As it well, you know what? In the, daytime, <laughs> in the daytime, it's supposed to be pretty safe. The UV rays kill it almost instantly. Yeah. But I'm just asking, on Saturday mornings, are, is the Venice? No, that's Zoom. Because, okay. because the people that are in there, it's, we meet but, at the but, Venice Dog Park now. We used to be at the VRC. But you guys will meet again Tore that once. Down. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, VRC was bought by the weed place. <laughs> but but you, you guys will meet uh, again once this is all over. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, I would meet now in the park. Just meet outside. I mean, what? I don't understand. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I mean, we're why, we're yeah. sitting here. Nobody's got a mask on. Yeah. I, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, and, yeah. That's uh, a whole nother conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm with you. Well, my thing is, if a, okay, honestly, if a mask works, if that'll save everybody, then why aren't we just back doing everything? Why is it everything just do everything? Because it won't, apparently. I mean, it, it'll it's, help. I don't know. It'll help. But, 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 anyway, that's another subject. Yeah, but so, so, so I'm just really excited because um, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of people are responding to, what I'm talking about, you know, there's a, there's a place I just looked at in pass in pass Robles. It's a, like a, a million one. And it's, it, it's exactly what you're looking for. Wow. I don't know if it's still on the market, but it was, but it's a, it's a 80 acre farm wow. outside of town. And it's got the houses and it's got three gigantic barns Where? that you can turn into pass Robles. Where is that? It's about three hours north from here. Yeah, it's got to be closer, or else I I couldn't. But see that 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 here is five million. Right. You'd have to go to Riverside. You, well, you, we're just we're gonna we're gonna open a, we're gonna buy a place here. Yeah. We have a lot of different places that we're looking into. But here's the here's the rad part, is that I want to be able to set up a deal where kids can just come for free. Mm-hmm. All they need to do is let us film them. You know, you, you know, you can come but free. Did you but, hear that though? Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Not that I, it, not that it's going to change what I, what how I feel about it. But I want to make a whole show. Well, they just did a TV show. They had that but, stupid rehab. Okay, thing but this TV. will be like real. Yeah, this will be like, this is what these kids. We're really getting these kids sober. I have 15 years, and the other people that are working there with me are really sober, and we're really doing this. And these kids are. They're, they're, they're able to get 
they're able to come here and stay here for free mm-hmm. because Netflix bought our show. Huh. And then what else? Anyone who wants to watch the show will get exposed to what it really looks like to get sober and stay sober and what it's all about. You see every emotion, yeah. Because I'm like, at this point, I'm like, all right, dude. Rob Lowe was just on Joe Rogan, right? Biggest podcast in the world. Billion, literally billions of listeners, right? He's in AA. He said it on the podcast. So is Mark Marin. It's not anonymous anymore. We people know what AA is. They know that it works. And if it doesn't work, yeah. it's because you didn't fucking do it right. It's like working out. And Joe was like, I don't get this whole anonymity thing. Like, if you go to the gym and you sit there, you're not gonna get in shape. It's the same thing with AA. Yeah. It's like it, just because someone went out after having gone to AA doesn't mean that AA doesn't work. Works if you work it. So that's the whole thing. And I think that we need to stop. But look, I don't care who st- I'm, I'm not like, I'm just doing what I, I'm going to do whatever I think I need to do to help as many people as possible. If my yeah. primary purpose is to help another alcoholic stay sober, then this is how I know how to do it. Yeah. And I'm just going to do it. But because- there's, there are traditions, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, know. You know, I mean, you can do whatever. Here's the thing. You could do whatever you want to do. Anybody okay. can do whatever they want. Okay. So. But so, you could do whatever you want to do. You realize that. No, I know. But I do, I do want to respect the traditions. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. So as long as I don't say AA or Alcoholics Anonymous, we're good? Yeah. Cool. That's easy. You we'll just, just call it learning to lose. Yeah. But, like, but it's like, it's like, why though? Why beat around the bush? Rob's like, yeah, I go to a 12 step program. We all know what you're talking about. What are, what are we doing? AA saved my life. Okay. And I want my listeners to well, you, know that. You know why they, but you know I why I want they, them to know that. So you know why they, they can, you know why they have that is because the people that don't know, like you say with the thing tonight, the podcast, people don't even know about AA, and all of a sudden you're on, Patrick's on this thing, and he's sober, and he's fucking doing this, and he's got a rehab, and all of a sudden, Patrick goes out and kills himself. Exactly. And they go, you know what? That AA thing didn't work. Okay, well, that's exactly what Rob said, and that's what Joe Rogan was saying, was you have a bunch of people that go to the gym who aren't in shape. It doesn't mean the gym doesn't work, right? Yeah. So I think that that goes with, with anything in life. Like, you know... There's there's enough people that it has worked for to to say without a doubt that it's the only thing that's really yeah. working. So I think that now we're sort of at a time in 2020 when every single human being has an Instagram account but and you a could, Facebook. Hold on, let me you finish. can see how people word it without putting AA on blast. And you, oh, oh, you yeah, can yeah. still tell that it's AA, though. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. It's like, what's the point? Like, AA saved my life, period. And if you want to do what I did, you could just Google AA and you could try it. But if I, That would be promotion, though. But if I go around in a weird way and say, this is the 12-step program that saved my life. Here, I'll tell you what I want what, you to... Why? I'll what's the you, point? Like, you, what are we doing here? You call your sponsor. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's right there. He's doing it with me. If he says it's okay, yeah, no, let him call his sponsor. Yeah, and we're we're doing it together. And it's learning to lose is 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 the is the brand behind it. And it's not just for sober people, really. But the but the house that I'm going to open 
It's just all a big pipe dream. I'm making a show. Yeah. I have a producer right now helping me. We're making a show, like a reality show, yeah. basically, because me and my wife have just gotten to like hundreds and thousands of followers on TikTok. We're just like blowing up right now. It's fucking crazy because I just like do a bunch of different crazy shit. It's not just recovery based shit. It's like yeah. me like arguing with her, like gnarly fights and <laughs> I just post it. And then the next day we're good and we talk about what happened and how we own our part. It's really a, exposing shit that no other people would want to expose, but yeah. other, our fans are like, Oh my God, I love this. It's, you remind me of me and my husband or I'm the same way or, or, Fuck you! She's cheating on you. We're, this you guys are about Lower to get divorced. Back, just a lot. Yeah, and someone's <laughs> like, oh, she's in New York getting her back blown out, and I'm like, this it's just getting crazy. But like my friend, he's a big producer and he's gonna help me make. He's we have a pilot for the show and everything, and and the show. If we can sell the show, then we can be like, all right, the, the upcoming seasons will be all about getting people sober through this house I open. This is we're going to pay for the people that can't afford to go. They're going to be able to go for free and they're going to be a part of this system that's helping the people get sober. But then also other people just watching the show, understanding what it really looks like to like do this work. (laughs) This is this is what I'm trying to do right now. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> but I mean, so you're saying it's clean as long as we're not saying. No, no here's what I'm saying. I'm, honestly, you, you can do whatever you want to do. Well, of course, I know I can. But, but I don't But wanna... it, it's, it's like, here's the thing. There's a price that, that for every action, okay? And basically, you know, even doing this right here, you know, like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I can say with the camera that I'm sober today by the grace of God. I may fucking drink tomorrow. Right. You know, so the thing is, you guys got to know that the program only works if you work it. And if you don't fucking work it, I promise you, I promise you, you will go insane. You'll drink and die or end up in the mental hospital. You know, the jails, institutions and death. And that's what we need to keep talking about. And, And I think when these traditions were written, we didn't have the same ability to like talk about it. Like, 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 you know, it says radio and press, right? Keep it out of that because radio and press back then it was just, you got your five minutes and that's it. And then people listen to that five minutes and they make all these judgments. Well, no, no, they, no, they, they, they kept it out because they were scared that somebody that had a name, these people, you know, right. like people follow you because the name, I yeah. mean, if you're, if people are into that, whatever, but they have to, they look at it, that person as a hero, right. and then he gets drunk or he kills somebody, or you know, you know what we drink? We do stupid shit. Yeah, we, yeah, oh yeah, yeah he, he was sober in AA, but he, you know, he beat his fucking wife, and yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like people are going AA. So the thing is, they, there's a reason why God. I mean, it wasn't like this didn't come out of Bob uh, Bill's ass. I mean, <laughs> he it was all put in place in perfect order for him because it needed to be put there. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it was introduced actually in 1950. It was introduced, but the stuff didn't come out till 52. It took two years because you know why it took two years? Because everybody was fighting about it. The yeah. first hundred would, would They were have, fighting. There was a big argument. But, but I'm, yeah. just, I'm just wondering why we can't tell other people about it. Well, then you know what you got to do? You got you to... What I, here's a suggestion... 
like maybe you can go to New York or, or write New York and ask them how they feel about it. And, and you put it up to what's – there's a thing called a group conscience. Wow. And you put that out to – a like they have these uh, – what are the inner group? What are those people that go to the meetings for the – I don't – I've never done it because they all they do is fight with each other. But, you <laughs> so know – The committees and all the, that? Yeah, the committees. They come in and they – and they uh, and then they they come back to the group and they say we're changing this and we're A's doing that committee, yeah. and it's all like from New York. Ah. So, but the thing is, me as an individual, I'm just a, I'm just a sober member of alcohol. I'm not Alcoholics Anonymous. You know that meeting that we just had? That's not Alcoholics Anonymous. That's just a meeting. Yeah. You know, so like we can't like if you're watching this podcast, like we can't fuck up AA. We can't do anything. We can fuck ourselves up. Yes. But we can't fuck up. AA is going to survive whether we we fuck it up or not. So basically. The reason it's going to survive is because of the traditions. That's right. Because money will tear it apart. That's another reason they have the traditions. Yeah. Money and property and prestige, people, places, and things. The big six. Yeah. Yeah. But the money. But I understand. Like, that's really great. I mean, honestly, for you to. Do that and put it on. You just have to leave AA off. Just call it what you're going. You want to call it, right? And and you don't have, just don't yeah. say nothing in the in the in the beginning or in the end. Nothing about AA. Yeah. This is just people because people fucking know about rehab. Yeah. They know about sober living. I mean, they they put they take these kids up in the Utah and drop them off in a, a helicopter with a fucking match <laughs> and a a bottle of water and say, you know, you're going to fucking make it back to the camp, right? And that's getting sober. Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that a show? Or? No, that's no. the thing they used to do to a lot, a lot of kids. It was big for a while, yeah. I got a guy that I sponsored. That's what they did. Yeah. You know, and and, and, and that nearly killed them. And then it was just, I don't know. There's the, they've tried everything. You know what? You know what gets people sober. So how, how do I what, say? What, what gets, how, how what gets I, people sober is love, love, love. God is love. Well, AA it, got me sober. Yeah, but I'm so, saying God, God is love. AA is love. Right, but but so so here's here's how do I say this? Um, AA saved my life. Yeah. How, how do I say that? Just say it. No, no, no. Doesn't but you can't say it, to Billy. It. Okay, you can't. You just said that's why the traditions were. You can say the twelve. You can say life. No, no, no. But you just said the traditions are going to save. You can say the twelve. No, you you can't profit off the AA. Well, yeah, but how the? Yeah, but okay. You can say AA saved your life. You're breaking your own anonymity. That's up to you. No, but I'm I'm saying it on Netflix. Fine. I don't but see a problem said, with that. Is okay, there a problem with that? It's in the traditions that you're not supposed to do that. Well, I don't have to look into that, man. No, it says yeah. we don't talk about this in radio, press, and films. It's just, it's just they need the traditions. I'm sure, it's been done before. No, what do you mean? It's being it's it's being done every day, all over. It's, it's, like, it's, every, it's over. Every it's a wrap. The TV yeah, commercials. It's a wrap. It's a it's a wrap. So what I'm people. saying is, let's let's modify these traditions or something because because there's a lot of good. <laughs> There's a lot of good people in AA that have a real message that are following the traditions and they're not talking about it while the other people who are fucking running a shit show a are spitting time. AA and they're doing these reality celebrity rehab and it's like, that's not AA. But yeah. these motherfuckers don't give a shit. So they're just fucking doing whatever the fuck they want. You know why? Right, but yeah, what I'm saying, so, so I'm seeing all this, right? And I'm yeah. like, you know what? Fuck all this shit. I'm really doing this shit, so I'm going to make my own fucking show about it. 
if everyone else is fucking doing it. Only way to find out is by doing it. So yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do. But I also want to respect the traditions and shit. But we're going to be talking about AA. We're going to be going to meetings. We're going to be reading the book, like on the show. Because I'm I, working with sponsees. I think, here's the thing. I think you could do that. Right, right. You, but you can't say... You can't like have on the beginning of the show or the end of the show, we want to thank AA oh, right. or we're AA. Because you could talk no, about, no, 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 there's no. movies about people going to me. There's country songs written about going to yeah, AA. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, that's just a part talk. But of, that, yeah. that's, that's not, that's not the, that's the individual. That's not the, the yeah. group as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not, you're not thanking. No, the, the show's about me and helping other alcoholics in my life. AA is one of the tools I use when I'm working with newcomers and sponsees. And yeah. it's also a tool that my sponsor What do you mean use. a tool? It is the tool. Um, it's, it's, it, well, I mean, that's also, I don't want it to just be the only tool. Cause then now well, here's what you do. If you get in trouble, just blame everything on your sponsor. That's the best. <laughs> and then you get, it doesn't, nothing <laughs> fucking matter. He doesn't really, he's, he's, he doesn't really, but there, I think, you know, like you said, <laughs> I don't really what you're not like really tripping like some of these other people you, you're, you're, you're like, you don't really care about anything, but how are we going to save lives? How are we going to spread this message? What is the truth? You're not like getting caught up on, oh, you can't do that. You can't, like, if anything, other people are doing that to you because you're trying to, like, yeah. figure out ways to really help people. Yeah. Are there lawyers that deal with this type of no, shit? No, it's all fucking no. bullshit. That's no, why. No, you could just, you could, here, here, okay, there's, like, my sponsor says, there's a price for every action. You're going to pay the price, whatever the action is. So do what the fuck you want to do. Yeah. So, you know, like my thing is, is like people always got to tell me what to do. Even at my age, they're telling me what to do. And I just tell them, like the other day I walk out my apartment, the guy says, you don't have a mask on. And I go, wait, what? He goes, you don't have a mask on. I said, did I ask you if I should have a mask on? Honestly, did I ask you? I go, am I telling you to get off the wall? I'm, I don't understand why you think that you have the right to tell me I don't have a mask on. And that's how people are. It's like, it's like I don't want to tell people. I don't want to tell anybody what to do. So, I don't yeah. want to tell anybody. But I don't want anybody telling me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is a bit of, for me, there's a fear factor involved. Because I respect AA. I don't want to disrespect AA. And I don't want to be involved in tearing AA apart in some way that I don't see right now that may I'll see when it's too late and yeah. he is very much a part of this yeah like so that's it's, it's, why i'm still on the me, fence it's about me it. like, and billy he just has to have his foot his picture on the podcast art right and the podcast is called learning to lose we're making a shirt right now <laughs> that's 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 uh I, I i i feel like i just want to show you this shirt and see what you think about it um you guys are nuts yeah no we're going kind of hard with it like, because I feel like I'm almost angry right now a little bit at the fact that, that, that the, the people's fear of, 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 um, exposing their experience is, is, is caught, is, is, um, is like, is like, um, it's getting in the way of like actual people getting help who need it. Because they're not wanting, they don't want to talk about 
that they're sober. You, could, you know what you could do? Because they're afraid to get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? You like, could just like you. Like you could fucking help so many people. I have. I, no, you do. But I'm saying you could reach even more if you were willing to talk about it publicly. Well, here's I'm not what, saying you should. or just, I'm not saying that you should. You just use another name. You don't use your I full know, name. I know, but... Oh. No, no. I'm, I'm not... I'm just saying... Well, here, let me just... Can I just... Yeah, go ahead. So... Suddenly, he's gotten hundreds of thousands of followers, right? Yeah. Even I have 3,000 followers. Yeah, just for me, like, because I want him, I want my followers to, like, but, hear his message, you know? Yeah. A, uh, a good majority of them are people who want to get sober or who are sober. And then we'll talk about, you know, our day and how we're feeling and what we do, solution-oriented through the day and they love it they eat it up that's what people wanted me to do with my sponsor the two of us because like we're kind of really well respected yeah we, we've helped a lot of people so they go why don't you and his sit down and just talk and you know we just blow people's minds of whatever just talk about our day or what we've done in sobriety or whatever yeah because it's such a part of our lives we don't it's not separate from our lives it's just the, uh, it's a practice it's the way we live huh. but <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> A lot of people really love it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. So, yeah. so this is this is like the branding. I mean, we're still we're still gonna fix it and change it. You can't it. use that circle triangle, man. Yeah, yeah, you could. Guess what? A doesn't even own that. Yeah, no, they don't own it. You but can't did use you the read, one with the two A's. Yeah. yeah. What does it say? Oh, uh, no A's, but A doesn't even own that symbol. The one with it's the some, two rounded well, A's. The AA, the but not the use. triangle one. Yeah. Can you read? No, you can use the circle triangle. Yeah. What does it say? We're not, we're not anonymous anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this fool doesn't give a fuck. You've been saying this. No, because I'm kind of the punk. I'm, I'm punk rock. At, that's really my, my... I'm just like, you know, I'm punk rock. That's yeah, my yeah. thing. I won't yeah. wear that shirt. <laughs> I don't know. It was actually his it idea. Was my idea. To but put he, the middle finger. There's a middle finger <laughs> no, it's in the to center. No, it's fear on the bottom. It's Whatever. supposed to mean fuck fear because we're, we're, fear is our problem, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, we're doing no another problem. one that he designed with skulls on the bottom. Fear, ego, pride. And it's like sprouting into like the St. Francis prayer. Uh-huh. So here's my Just question. like cool merch that's, you let know. Me, let me ask you this question. Okay, this is for real, okay? This is for real. I'm going to ask you a question. Is it about you helping people or is it about your, your notoriety and your fans? Both, obviously. Well, which is more? Um, what? Know, on a good day? On a good day? Okay, that's, a great, that's actually a great question, but it's also kind of a naive question because to think that anyone is doing anything selflessly all the time is crazy because we obviously all have huge egos. So yeah, it gives me a dopamine hit. I love the followers. Girls are sending me like titty pictures. They're fingering themselves. I'm getting a lot of crazy shit, but I'm actually helping a lot of people. So yeah, it strokes my ego. So and I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. How do we that. know that we're helping them? Because they say it helps? That's how else? I mean, I have Prosser's like, you know, he's a hundred days well, sober. That's a different story. He's in a, he's in Liberty house. Yeah. Right well, there. I do what I can. I mean, they're, I think the people, how do we know that we're helping these two newcomers at my meeting who are high at the meeting, by the way, who I don't know that? if you noticed that. But the, the one kid was like, <laughs> I think so. But like, whatever. I mean, what are you going to do? They didn't the share. Yeah, but you know, me? if they say, here's what, here's what, if somebody says they're sober, then fuck it, they're sober. 
I don't see. My thing is, I don't give a shit if you get if you get high in the meeting. I don't care what you do. Yeah, I don't either. You come to the meeting. Come to the meeting. Yeah. And you know what? If you die, then you die. It's you between. might hear it after the hundred minutes yeah. time. You know. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we, come on. Like you, you, you know, that's not really like you see what we're doing. Like you, you're so you're basically wanting to make it all good or all bad. No, nothing is that. No, way. I'm asking you a personal question. Like really, if you search yourself, this is the, this is this is the answer, and this is the proof. I already got the record deal. I already was signing autographs all over the world. I don't care about that anymore. I don't even really want that. I want something that will last forever. My primary purpose is to help another alcoholic. I know it works. I know it makes me feel good. So if I can do, if I can make a living around doing that, yeah, it will never, it will never, uh, stop you know it'll never end because this shit this is you think this is this is a twenty thousand dollar setup here so that we can reach people mm. right it's not it costs money to do all this shit yeah you know what i'm saying oh, no, yeah, it's like that's see that's the challenge i'm down to help one person the, too the, but like yo let's fucking the challenge is is like Okay, so like the the, re, the rehabs are making money, which they they're entitled to make money. Everybody's entitled to make money. You know, I know people who do urine testing and rehabs, and they, they make, make a millions. Shitload just doing and yeah. it's it's all phony. It's all bullshit. It's yeah. all payoffs. Uh, I know I know people in sober livings that are full of shit. I know good sober livings that you do. So, yeah, you know good sober. Yeah, livings? there's a, there's a few of them that are that are good ones. They, I mean. But they make the guys work. Yeah, Liberty and House, it, Miracle yeah. House. And, if and they I know the fucking If they don't know what they're doing, they got to go out. But they're, they're like self-pays. It's not like a, uh, you, it's like a sober, it's like a sober living. It's not like a, I mean, it's not like the, 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 re, the insurance isn't paying. These people are sober. They just get to live in a house. And if they fuck up, they have to leave. Yeah, that's and what they ours, just pay rent to yeah, share a bedroom. But it's anytime the insurance is involved, it just seems to me. I may be totally wrong, but you know. But it seems to me anytime that, like, okay, if you give me shit for free, okay, then I'm it's just going to be basically I I want everything for free and I don't really care about it. But if I work for it and I have to do something for it, I'm going to take care of it. So what's wrong with our society a lot today is that. People want everything for free. They want to give it to them instead of working. I mean, like I said, when I got sober, I couldn't just rest on my fucking laurels. I had to fucking go. I had a job. It, but I showed up every night at Skid Row or at a meeting making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and handing out cigarettes. Tim. You know. Yeah, it's complicated because will you to own a house, do the maintenance quick? and all the stuff and hire the people. Oh, my God. You got you to have some money yeah, coming people, out. People have to get paid. So, and so yeah. if you're doing piss testing and making money off of it, that's a source of revenue so, to help so, the house so, continue. So here, I know, not, but, the, but the thing is, you can go to CVS and buy a piss test for 15 bucks. You don't have to pay $150. Um, can, can he just, can you scoot over so he can just answer Billy's question? Because Tim knows me better than anyone in the world. And I want is that Bill- scary? Um, no, I mean we. I mean, dude, me and Tim were in a club called the Braves when we were in seventh grade. Yeah, I mean we we were in bands together. I mean we've been like best friends for almost fucking twenty five years. Our club was like fifth grade. Yeah, yeah. So so here, just sit. Just, yeah. So so um, but just I, I don't want to I don't want to get too caught up on like what other people are doing that's shady and what's not. Like I don't need. Okay, just asking the question. Like, but I'm good. 
like I don't need to be I don't need to be like getting a bunch of money like I'm like I'm good yeah but you still have to cover your people that no work no no for but you what I'm saying is I'm not doing I didn't like I'm not doing this because I figured out a way to like come up on a bunch of it's like I like it, like like you I'm only qualified to like talk about a couple things you're not trying to bank on it right one of them is being sober because yeah. I'm sober 15 years and my wife smokes weed every fucking day. That's other interesting thing. But so can you just ask him a question, the question you asked me, I, I want you to do your best to answer for me and don't give me, let's get, I'm not, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I don't think he cares. <laughs> <laughs> That's never been my uh, motivation. So yeah, just, just, just see if, see what he thinks. All right. So I'm just asked this, Pat, a very personal question. So, you know, he's all hyped on this sober living and this podcast and it's, Learning to lose brand. It's all. It's kind of recovery oriented, but it's also relationship. It covers a lot of things, but a, a, the core of it's recovery. Yeah. So, I asked him, "Is this?" And he keeps saying, "I want to help people. I want to reach more people." And that's his reason for breaking tradition or whatever he thinks we might be doing. I want to know: Do you, Do you really think he's doing it to help people, or is he doing it for his self gratification, his ego, his followers, his growth? I mean, there it is. That's the question right there, though. That's the million no, dollar question. I don't. I don't think anybody. You couldn't say anybody's doing a hundred percent one way or the other. Right. Right. I would say that he's fifty-one percent doing it to help people and forty-nine percent to gain, <laughs> and that's good enough for me because it's leaning on the helping people side. Okay. I've already done the music thing. Yeah. I could be leaning even harder into that if yeah. I wanted to. Like we're about to put out another album. I don't even give a fuck. Well, the I'm thing that more on this than I am on that. the thing about you know the saying? thing like, about yeah, this like, is we have two singles already shot, two videos. We're we're going through distribution, like, and I'm not even like putting nearly as much energy into that, which would obviously make me like a rock star. And we already have a platform; we have fans and everything. And I'm just like, that's kind of just like whatever. Like, that's not going to save lives. Like, that's not. My heart, you know, this is like my heart yeah. talking about and, and this that's, shit. That's you know? why I'm here too, because something about this podcast, it's kind of a healing space and we get to talk about what we do for our lives in the day that dude, we're in. We get to talk about God. We get to talk about what really matters to us. Dude, so, earlier you were, you were speaking. Before I leave, I'll just finish. Yeah. I think that the proof is in it that if he was doing it, he's doing it to build a brand, right? Yeah. He's doing it to like affect people and. There's some that could be ego, but I could tell you this. He could, he'd probably do this for the rest of his life, even if this never took. So there's something to that. Well, and that, and that's it didn't, you know, that's it the didn't secret. for a long time, yeah. too. But that's the secret, right? Find something you love that you're going to do anyway, mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about losing. Mm-hmm. You're just, you just like to play. Mm-hmm. If I don't, that's another learning to lose. If I don't care if I lose or win the game, I just want to play. Well, this is a game I just want to play. What they say is like, you know, we have, Thanks, we have to earn our that daily bread. You know, you're entitled to earn your daily bread. You know, so you just, yeah, if you, if you like, like I'd love to find a job or, you know, something that I do with my life that I can. I can hear you breathing. <laughs> that you earn your daily bread while you're doing it. Yeah. You know, that's, right. You know, because that's what it's all about. Yeah, because this, like you were speaking earlier. I can't, I wish I could remember what you were saying, but you were saying something about. Ah, uh, something along the lines of like, you know, 
giving up or, or losing and, and just being at peace with, uh, and I just, I don't know. I just had like this sense of ease and calm and I just took a breath and I just kind of remembered like it's all, Oh, Oh, I remember what it was. You said if it happens, it was cause God wanted it to happen. And if it doesn't happen, and you mentioned me and my wife. You said, if you're not supposed to be with your wife, you're not going to be with your wife because that's what God wants. No matter what you do. No, no matter, matter what you do. And it gave me a... You don't, don't have know, to fight I just, anymore. I just kind of got a little relaxed and I, I felt that peace and that serenity, that, that thing that we're looking for, right, that only happens momentarily throughout the day. Like I felt that here on this podcast because we're in this... Mm-hmm. You know, we can hear, we're kind of in a focused, long form conversation and I get those, those magical doses of, um, mm-hmm. uh, su- surrender when I'm doing this yeah. and I got it. It takes, it takes all the worry about it, everything Yeah, because you don't have to worry about anything anymore. If God wants it to be, it'll be, it's if so God nice. doesn't want it to be, you can try like a motherfucker. You can throw a million dollars at it. If it's not supposed to be, it's not going to be. Yeah. And that's what I tell people, especially when they get into the relationship issues. That's my big thing with people. I go, hey, if it's supposed to be, it'll be, what are you, you're making yourself crazy. And you know, that. what's, you know, what's so interesting about and people that get mad like, at too. They get mad at you because I go into, when I do stuff in business, I go, oh, well, it wasn't supposed to be, I guess. And God, right. God didn't want it to be. And they go, what do you mean, yeah. man? we got to <laughs> yeah. fucking do this shit. I, I got a job that way because I don't know what happened. But I'm like, oh, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. And he's like, what? And so he hired me. He's like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you said that to me right when I was losing the, the hyper crush thing, yeah. the band I had going on, yeah. I would have been like, this motherfucker. He's supposed to. Hey, check this out. What do you out. mean, fool? Like, we're going to get, our, we're about to hit, our next single is going to be the one, dude. Like, you're tripping. I'll show you. It's supposed to be on my but now, But now when you say that to me, I'm like, dude, you're so right. Like, fuck it. You know, I, when I was 16 years sober, I had products on television, I, like on QVC and a few other ones. And so I got involved with this company in Las Vegas. And I'm sober a long time. I'm really, I got my shit together. I know what I'm doing. We, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. They just, anyways, so make a long story short. So this guy, I didn't like him and I didn't like his wife because she was a gambling like crazy. It was in Vegas. So I, I, he bought me out. And so I go home and all of a sudden, about a year later, I get a, a seeing a guy in the backyard. I go, I said to my wife out in Malibu Lake, I go, what's this guy? He's do surveying. I go, he's surveying. I go, Hey, what are you doing out there? He goes, are you Gary? And I go, yeah. He goes, you're under arrest. Make a long story short, it was $20 million this guy embezzled. And he told the guy, it was buried in my backyard. And I was his partner and all that. Anyways, all that. So it came down to, they wanted me to take a, uh, they wanted me to go a felony. They wanted a felony. And I, I just said, no, I want to go to court. And they said, well, if you take a felony, we'll let you off on probation. No, I don't want, or then, then they says, take a misdemeanor. We'll let you out. I go, no, I'm willing to go all the court. So my sponsor said to me, here, basically, they took everything. I got off. I, I was willing to go all the way, and they dropped all the charges because I didn't do anything. But in the meantime, they took everything I had. They t- I had a house in uh, Huntington Beach. That went. The house in Las Vegas went. Everything I had, they used my money t- to come at me, really, for the whole case because they couldn't find any money. So pretty much, I was pretty much broke at 16, 17 years sober. And... Uh, 
And my sponsor, my sponsor said to me, he goes, well, you know, you're supposed to lose all this money because you, would, you probably would have gotten drunk. You had, God's telling you you have too much money. Wow. And he goes, and if you would have gone to jail, he goes, I would have brought you a big book of 12 and 12 and a pack of cigarettes. That's it. And maybe that's where God wanted you to be. And I said, I looked at him and I said, you know what, man? Fuck you. Ah. Fuck you in the ass. <laughs> and you know what, though? But I thought about it a couple minutes later and I said, you know what? It's like, yeah, I probably would have. I, I was, I was, I was bringing in too much money. It was too easy, and and like I, all of a sudden, he says, just go work with newcomers. And then I built a out here because I just moved out here. I built a fucking army of newcomers. I was sponsoring like thirty three people or something like that. And then I realized that I was way over the top with sponsoring people. I mean, I was insane because. In AA, you can give everything you got, and then you got nothing to give yourself. There's nothing left. Yeah. And I just gave it all away, and I had so many sponsees, and I, was, I became the, the counselor, the therapist. I became, because I really thought I, was, I had it going on. I thought I had this gift, right? And so I went to him, and I said, I'm fucking dying behind this shit. And he says, I want you to fire every one of those sponsees. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I go, I'm, I don't understand what I've done out there. He goes, you fire every one of those fucking sponsors and get your ass back to Venice. And I fired every one of them. And I just fucking went and I sat in a chair and it just started all over again. You know, and now I, I work with X amount of people at one time. This is too much. Because you give, you can give, and you can give it all away. And then you That's got also kind of what I was saying earlier about how we don't really know how to do anything in moderation, like yeah. you just, you, you, you get sober and you do that alcoholically and you sponsor fucking 30 guys. Well, you know how you learn? You know how you learn? You learn by doing what I did. Yeah. Then you just go, no, I can't do that. Like, yeah. like, you know, basically everything that we do, we have to learn the lesson. There's a lesson behind everything. I can't give it to you. I mean, like I can sit with you and say, oh, don't do this. Okay. The stove's hot. Don't touch the stove. Right, I guarantee you, if you're like me, you're going to touch the stove yeah. to figure it out for yourself. See, huh? And that's how our whole lives have been. But I mean, that's why, like nobody here, it's a suggestion. There's no rules. What's the number one rule in Alcoholics Anonymous? The number one rule. There is no fucking rules. That's mm. the number one rule, and that's yeah. why AA works. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you just got to do your thing and see what happens, bro. <laughs> oh. I- <laughs> Oh, I I am. Yeah. I'm I'm doing it. Um, oh, the niacin's hitting them now. Yeah, it, it's hitting me. But yeah, it's it's been a weird. Ever since the quarantine started, it, it's almost like I'm in this weird dream. Yeah, we are. This is like this is not real. But but for me, it's it's being amplified and accelerated by this like following I'm getting. Yeah. It's because, like people are recognizing me where I, I go. I went to Starbucks the other day. She's like, oh, that's crazy. I, I know you from TikTok. My wife, a, a girl was crying at the beach because she knew my wife. You help me so much because my wife talks about her struggle with um, eating and, and, and fitness and just all the life shit, you know. But like we're crying. Like she's like I film her when she's crying in her most vulnerable state because she's not losing the weight and she's working so hard at it you know and then other women are just like oh my god like that's crazy like i i feel your vulnerability you, you know? don't know who you touch man 
So I feel like I'm like waking up and I'm just so like excited about the brand and I'm so excited that people are like finally listening to the pod. I mean, dude, this is our 70th episode. They're all almost two hours long. 70. I've been doing this for over a year. Like no one, we first, it started with us talking about Kanye and like dumb shit, you know, but it just slowly evolved into like the only thing that matters. We always end up talking about God. It all, n- never fails because that's what we just, it, nothing, all the other stuff. It doesn't. seems like we talk about it too much, but I guess you can't. Well, it's weird because like we're always finding a new, we're seeking and, and we never, you never find it, right? You're always, you keep looking and, and then. It's a, like I talked about. It's a vital sixth sense. If you're gonna, if you if you don't talk about God, if you don't keep talking about God or keep searching through inventory, the pen and the paper, that's pretty much it. That's our only relationship with God is the pen and the paper. Is writing something to God. If I'm using my head to talk to God and stuff, then usually my head will take off and start going some Wait, other so, place. So you're saying that once you when you're writing, you're not using your head. No, I just I let the pen just go. Whatever, whatever I'm going to say is going to come out of my head. It's going to be and, on that and piece by of paper. doing that, you're able to free myself. Really? Yeah. I've never like really quite heard it put that because way. Because you think like why you just take a piece of paper and say, God, will you guide my pen? Yeah. And just start writing down whatever the craziest shit is in your head. Yeah. Write it down and then tell somebody about it. Your, your sponsor. Yeah. Or t- you know somebody you trust because. Like I, you know, it's it's like they don't put you in jail for the crazy thoughts; it's the crazy actions. Yeah, you know, and that's what and the event and that's how people. I tell them, that's how you get your story. Like people say, God, you're so eloquent when you speak for forty five minutes. You know, because you get your story in order. Not like you don't get my story in order. My story comes to me in order by me writing inventory. You know, and that's how I find out who the, who I really am. And it also slows your mind down yeah. you can't write as fast as you can think. Yeah. Well, it just basically, you know, it just takes the, like, this is what I fear. This is what I resent. And what does it affect? It, like it talks about on page 64, my self-worth, my self-esteem, my pride, my pocketbook, ambition, security, yeah. personal relationships, sex. Those are the things, the ambitions, those are the things that get hurt or threatened to me. So when you, they get, you do that often? I do it pretty much every day. Like a, ten, like a mini four step? It's a 10th step. 10th step. Yeah, well, that, that is a 10th step. That's what... the ten check inventory. The 10th the step says that we do this stuff, we can do it before we even write an inventory. Because when you get sober, if you're writing an inventory, if your sponsor says you write an inventory and you're like a, a month or two months sober, you're fucking lying to yourself. Yeah. You don't, you're not... Your head's up your ass. So you, it takes time. To write a real inventory. So you write out uh, the four column every day. Yeah. So no, I don't do it in the column. I just oh. do it. In a, I mean, can in, you in, can you even imagine? Do you hear what we're talking about? Could you imagine someone in Texas or or in Kansas who has no exposure to any of this, and they're hearing us talk about what does it really look like to get sober and to be sober. Okay, so I'm like, sober. Isn't I'm that sober. Kind of, kind of cool. I'm Paul? sober. Oh, I'm sober. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's super powerful. When you I'm think sober about for it. 37 years. I can wake up in alcoholism. Because what is alcoholism? It's a mind power disease driven by a hundred forms of fear and self delusion. 
No, I don't think about drinking and using. I mean, I don't think about killing myself. But I can wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and my head is on. And it's telling me something. I don't even know what the fuck it's telling me. Because I but used to, like I used to listen to it. I used to listen to it like, you're never going to make it. You don't have enough money. Uh, you're alone. Um, uh, you know, you're this, you're whatever. You're, the kid, you're going to die. And then all of a sudden I just go, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me. And I say these things. And that those prayers just put me back to sleep because there's a thing called, if you guys want to, it's called Emmett Fox. You guys can look at Emmett Fox. It's called the Golden Key. Oh, yeah. It says, instead of thinking about what you're thinking about, think about God. Put mm-hmm. God instead into of every talking situation. to yourself, talk to God. Yeah. Now, now, you know, it's the cor- it may sound corny because we use fucking God in the same sentence. But the truth of it is we're just human beings. It's like, it's like I could say banana. Too. I mean, what does it really matter? It's just another th- another nah, word. Like. So you know, but the thing is, a ten step or, and if you don't even know what the steps are about, if you don't even care about the twelve steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, I promise you, if you take a piece of paper and a pen, and you, of course, you got to do this with a friend. You can't do You can't read the shit to yourself because self to self can never expose self to self. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to take a piece of paper and a pen, you write down whatever it is going on, whatever is bothering you, and you call somebody and you read it to them. And of course in AA we have a, you know, the following steps, which is step seven. But if we do that and we're saying, these are the things that are bothering me, this is the effects of what's bothering me, it takes the power out of it. It's like popping a balloon. I've suggested it to Pat several times, but he doesn't write. He does, he texts. But you know what's, well, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll write it in my phone, in my notes. Like, like, you know how you have like a notes yeah. section and so I have like my four step shit in my, in my notes and, but I, I think that after Gary, I think just what he just said kind of, I think you should write about Tim. Just do it. Don't even think about it. Just sit down with paper, try to keep that format. And yeah. Just write about well, I was, okay. So it says. It says, okay, so now, now we've made an amends. So now we've, like the steps are in perfect order form, one through nine, right? You, you've done your inventory. You've read your inventory, which is your past. That's the past. But, but I got to deal with today. Fuck the past. I can't, how do I live in the day that I'm in? So, okay, so that's why step 10 goes into step four. So it says, this brings us to step 10, which we suggest we continue to take personal inventory. Yeah. And, when we're, and when we're wrong, Promptly admit it. We vigorously commence this way of living as, as we, we clean, clean up, up the past. past yeah. So you can do the 10 step before you even do a four step. Yeah. Because the thing is, yeah, I've got, I got to deal with my past, but how do I deal with today? I'm new. I'm in the program. I'm new. I wake up and, oh, wait a minute. I got to, I got to wipe my ass. I got to, wait a minute. I got to open the mail. I got bills. I got to call this guy on the phone. I can't do it. Why? Because I'm living in fear. So I just said, you know, God, I got these problems. I can't solve them. The problem seems to be. I'm scared to open my mail. I'm scared to, op- to open up the front door. I'm, I'm scared I'm going to eat the wrong food. So if you're willing to put this stuff down and say, you know what, just for today, I'm going to give this stuff to God, and I'm going to take the action and just do it. And I promise you do that once, you do that twice, then a week goes by, two weeks go by. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff I can tell you. Another trick is a God contract. So the thing is, is that I'm doing a God contract, not for you or you, or for, but I'm doing it for me and God. It's my relationship. Now, if I don't do the contract, i got to tear up the contract and throw it away, and I can write another one. So let's say give yourself five things. Not, don't make it tough on yourself. One, I'm going to read the big book. 
This is in sobriety. You can, if you're not sober, you can do something else. Two, I'm going to pray. Three, I'm going to call another person. Four, I'm going to go pick a flower. I'm going to walk down the street and pick a flower. Because I see everything in black and white. I see everything in black and white when I'm in my ism. But when I'm out of the ism, the colors just come alive. And when you're looking at a flower and you see all those colors and all that stuff, you've got to admit to yourself, like, who created this shit? If you think there isn't a God or a, a creator that's beyond us, then you've got to be delusional. Well, when you're in that space, you can almost feel, feel the life in the trees and stuff. You can almost, like, uh, it comes alive for yeah. you. Yeah, it's... yeah, and so that's, that's why I believe that you, you know, and I can, I can go on for hours and talk about, about the program, but, you know, because that's, a, that's the one thing that I've done. But I guarantee you, too, like I've said in the meeting out there, if you don't continue to do this, it goes away. It's like it talks about in, on the, in, the, in the family afterward, I think, about the miner who, you know, who, who strikes gold, and he, and he can mine it for the rest of his life. The only requirement is that with all the gold he finds here in AA, he gives it all away. Hmm. And by giving it away, you get to keep it. Hmm. You know? And that's just, that's just the way it is. And also, like, on page 120, it talks about if your husband gets drunk, it's between him and God, not between you and him. Hmm. So the thing is, that what that proves to me is, is that, and I tell these guys all the time, it's not between me and you. It's between you and your relationship with the power greater than yourself within yourself. And that's what this whole purpose of the big book is. Yeah, so it's true. for you to find the power that can solve your problem. I mean, that, those are promises that are beyond ridiculous. Who, who now, what, how many people in the program? There's what, millions? I don't even really know. Yeah, millions. Yeah. When I first started in AA, there was, I think, 1,400 meetings a week. And before the stupid COVID thing, I think there was like 3,300 meetings a week or something like that. So you can see how it's grown. You know, so one person helping, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 people over a course of time or 50 people, 100 people, and those going 100, it's like the numbers are insane. I wonder if we should get a big book study or 12 and 12 study at some point. Because I don't read, I used to read it all the time, but I don't, I haven't read that in years. I just always go to Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Well, we we're, we're, I mean, we're going through, we're on step fucking eight right now in the 12 Well, and 12. you and I, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I, read the, I read the big book every day, but I read more in the 12 and 12. Yeah, me too. You know, because I, I can, I take people, like when I'm taking you through the steps, like I, you get sober in the big book. You stay sober in the 12 and 12. That's right. what Bob used to say. That's why Do Bob, you remember a guy named Casey? Yeah. Oh my God. 12, 12 and 12 beast. Dude, that's my, one of my favorite. Who, where is this guy? He had a meeting. I'm trying to like, like get uh, at that guy. I want to have him on. No, I knew a guy that <laughs> I knew I a guy that had him as a sponsor, but yeah, that he, was when he, I was working. I'll at tell Riga. you, I'll, I'm not. I'll tell you later. Yeah, he he's a twelve and twelve beast. I, I just remember hearing his share. He shared at Westlake one time, and I somehow I got a hold of a CD or something, and I listened to it, and it was just. At the time, it was the best share I've ever heard in my life. He had a twelve and twelve step. Uh, Study meeting in Encino. In yeah, he he he, he, he says, once, "Hey, there's a bunch of people over there talking meeting. about. Yeah. There's a bunch of people talking. They got to be talking about me. I know they're talking about me Who? or whatever. Just the way Casey taught. He's got. He's kind of like got a. 
He's like from the south or something. He kind of has like a. He's with the business. What's he's, that? He was old school prime time too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, um, yeah, you you you're, you're interesting. You remind me a lot of my uncles who never got sober, but they're just really smart and they were good at getting money. And one of them's dead. One of them's in jail. Uh, one of them moved to uh, the Philippines. Just a mess. Just mess. One of them lost his. His lost his license to practice law, just a fucking mess. Their lives are just a mess. You know what I mean? Because they're just alcoholics. They never got sober. But I just—it's so profound to me that that you were able to actually get this message back then when it wasn't. I mean, now I just feel like, even though I'm talking about how there's so many people who who need to hear it. Even back then, it was even there was even less. It was even harder to like find a yeah. Like okay, so when how I, did you so even... so when I got sober, I got sober. It, it was, I was in Pasadena, and I went to a meeting. I've been to probably a hundred meetings because every time you go to the mental hospital, they take you the meetings. But I, the only reason why I went to meetings, I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I thought, oh God, these people are all fucked up. And I went because you could go to, to uh, Savon and you get candy or thrifty or whatever you want to call it now. And uh, I don't even think Savon's around anymore. Anyways, so that's the only reason why I would go to the meetings. <laughs> so so I, end, I ended up with Clancy. Actually, Clancy passed away. You guys know. You know, he, no, I didn't he, know. He, he died. Yeah, he when? died today. I think he died today. Oh, yeah. a new pair of glasses? No, Pacific Group. Pacific Group, dude. Pacific Group. Beast. Like, he's probably the w- most well-known guy right now in AA. You he know? talks like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he always has, like, something in his throat. You got to wear a tie to go to his meeting. Yeah. So the Pacific Group is his meeting? Well, well, well he's... It's a, it's a group within AA. People, he, they've helped a lot of people, but but it's it's not AA. It's an AA meeting. It's, you know, it's an AA meeting. It's not Pacific Group. And people just, it's just a way of... Getting sober, you yeah, know? yeah. I mean, people judge it and beat it up and shit, but you know what? Clancy did a lot of good it's stuff for a lot of yeah. people. Play baseball every Sunday. It's well, I, honestly, here's the thing: like anyone who's judging, it's just it's that they're they're fucked up. Yeah, I'm not trying to judge any of this shit. Well, so anyways, so it's check this out. Ways. So so they took us to this meeting this, at the women's club in Pasadena. And so that's, that's, I didn't know, you know, they, and I went in there and they, they used to put all the newcomers in the front row, right in front. And everybody had, uh, band, you know, things on because they were in mental hospital. They had the, yeah. the so you can remember your name, you know. <laughs> so anyways, they put us, and so I didn't stay, they go, they go, Clancy, Clancy led the meeting. I didn't know Clancy. I didn't know anything. Yeah. Clancy goes up. <laughs> he goes up. Will all the deni- will all the newcomers please stand and identify yourself? And everybody's in the front row. Now, back then there was no styrofoam cups. There was little coffee cups, and they give you two cookies, right, and a coffee cup. They're going, here, honey, have a cup of coffee and two cookies. I'm thinking, I had, like, long hair. I'm thinking, what the fuck? I don't fit in here. Right. I don't fit into this shit. <laughs> and so I didn't stand up. I just sat down. So Clancy goes, I'd like to thank all the new people who identified and the one who didn't. <laughs> and I stood up, and I said, fuck you. And I walked out. And I said, I'm never going back to A. See, that's why you got, that's the danger. And I walked out. I said, I'm never going back to A. And I walked down the street. I'm in the women's club. And I walked down. I think it was Fair Oaks Avenue or something over there. And I look and I'm going, you know, and all of a sudden this thought came to my mind. It said, your parents want nothing to do with you. 
your wife wants nothing to do with you, your girlfriend wants nothing to do with you, and I had no place else to go. But I just said, if you go back to that stupid meeting and listen to that stupid crap from those people, you're going to be okay. Really? And I walked back in, and I've never left AA. You, you thought and, that in yeah, your head? Yeah, it came right. That was my awakening. Um, and how old were you? I was 31. Now, I, when I left that mental hospital, I, I lived in Santa Monica. And I was staying with, with a, my, my friend who became my girlfriend, who became my wife. Okay. Anyway, so I stayed there. She let me stay there. And I had a car that was all beat up. I had no license or anything. But I drove every night. I would drive to Pasadena to go to meetings because I thought that's where the meetings were. Because there were so few meetings. You know, there were, so one night, this guy came out, and he was, like, all drunk and shit. And he goes... He goes, hey, will you, will you help me? I go, what do you mean? He goes, can you take me to the AA meeting? And I go, yeah, but it's in Pasadena. And he goes, no, it's one right down the street. Right. And that's where the primetime Friday night meeting used to be in the park. Hmm. When the Bob, Bob started this meeting right on 7th and, and Wilshire in the park, or a guy named Roy started it. Can I ask you something about it? Yeah. So did Bob like say the same thing every time? Every time. And he was always the leader? Always the leader. Did it get boring? No. Never? So I could never figure out what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, because, okay, so I said to Bob, a lot of people said it, I go, but I said to Bob, you say the same thing, like when we go on these retreats, right? We go to the, re- the retreat. Mm-hmm. I go, you say the same thing over and over and over again. He goes, no, I don't. And I go, it sounds to me like you're saying, he says that, he goes, and it's true, now, this is true, listen closely. What I said to you yesterday it doesn't count for today. Oh, my God. What I'm saying today counts for today because I need to hear it. I don't really care if you guys hear it. I'm saying this for me. Wow. I'm here for me. I'm not here for you. Fuck yeah. You know? I have a... I have and, a and also, we hear it differently. Yeah. Like, you can... Like, I listen to Bob. You know how Bob says, this is something to hear. Yeah, this here, what I'm about to say, this is something you. Now, need to hear. He's from that punk rock Ohio. Now this is something hey, hey. I, I love well, that cool. because it's like preparing you to yeah. listen the fuck up. Yeah, listen, this is something to know for yeah. your life. Yeah, so you knew Bob. Yeah, so can you can we just before we wrap up here because we're going yeah. okay. on two hours, so we got another whatever i want to finish it off with bob because this guy just for anyone who doesn't understand who bob bob is a guy who started his own meeting he's kind of a legend to me i mean he if it wasn't for him i don't know that i would have ever really heard this message because i had five six years sober and i was fucking miserable i had 12 years and i was uh off a suicide attempt so he's my grand sponsor and i never met him (laughs) Damn. Really? Okay, so let's talk a little a bit about friend. Bob. Right, so, right. From yeah. someone who knew him, Gary. So I was a year sober, and I went to a meeting on, on Barrington, or, or on uh, San Vicente and Barrington, the church, the big church. It's called the Big Thursday Night Meeting. It's probably the biggest meeting. It's the who's who of AA. I, didn't, I don't, I didn't, you know, who, who the fuck wants to be the who's who of AA? <laughs> I mean, it's like a fucking joke, man. It's like... That, back then, it was like, you know, all these guys, that, well, I sponsor all these people. And I, they're, they're all dead now. Every, you know, most of the guys that I got, the older guys that I got sober with, and, you know, we used to do all the inventories and meet at the Crest House and the uh, Marina Center. They're all gone. Every, everybody's done. Mm. And um, anyway, so I, I went there, and I, I went there purposely because 
you don't have to identify. I didn't like to talk, so I, you didn't have to identify when, when it was your birthday. You just stood up. You know, you, they go, who's got one year? Who's got two years? And you stand up. And so this guy shares at the podium. And his, his name is Bob Anderson. I don't know Bob Anderson, you know. And uh, anyways, after the meeting, he says, we have a meeting that we, we're starting and, uh, in Sherman Oaks. And uh, if anybody wants to come, it's a men's meeting, men's meeting. Bob used to do, uh, he'd do like women's meetings too, but it was just Bob and the women. <laughs> It was a trip, man. That guy what was a, a trip. Anyways, a, he like his knew he had a message. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bob. Okay, so Bob's a mechanic, so he yeah. picked apart the steps the way he would a car. I, guess. Well, what, I love what, that. What happened was Bob used to you know talk about his main thing was he goes I had a couple years sober and I was wanting to die and I couldn't figure out why. Now, Bob prime time wasn't for newcomers it, at that time. It was like for people that were completely that had twelve years that had time that were completely fucked up. Yeah. Okay, and couldn't figure it out. So, anyways, I'm a year sober, and I go, you know, there's something about this guy. And then he was born. I think he got sober in '52. I was born in '52. So I just had some type of that. That was the the original connection. He goes, why don't you come out to the the Sherman Oaks out to the meeting? And I said, okay. So I went to the meeting out there, and uh, and I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I figured that you know a lot of these guys. I think Frank was there, and a few other people. And uh, but but most most of the guys weren't there yet. And uh, and I started dragging some of my sponsees out there. And and what happened with just because you, you knew there was something. Yeah, there's something special about. This yeah, guy. I, I like when I yeah, I started bringing people to primetime because they were just saying it different. Yeah, he was just he was talking different. Now, what I did was I went to Bob and here's why I went there because I didn't understand step six and I couldn't understand what step six and seven were. I didn't understand. Now. One th- Bob used to say, "Oh, I loved how you said that. These are things to not do, and then yeah. these are things okay. to, to do." So the thing, the thing is, one through six are your problem steps. <laughs> Seven through twelve are your solution steps. Mm. So my job, when my eyes open in the morning, is to get to step seven as quick as I can. That's why I told you about the inventory, calling your sponsor, looking at your defects, and then just for that day, giving them to God. Just for that day, the seven-step prayer, we give it to God. And then when they come back, we say, we say, oh, wait a minute, I'm taking it back again. Wait a minute, but I gave this to God, so it's none of my fucking business. But anyways, that's another story for another time. So I, I went to Bob, and I said, hey, Bob, tell me about step six and seven. And he goes, uh, well, what do you want to know? I said, I don't understand step six. And he goes, well, stop doing the things that you're doing that are making you crazy. He's, Bob's a simpleton, really a simple guy. Yeah. And I go... I go, what? I don't understand it. He goes, stop doing the things that you're doing that are making you crazy. I go, I, I don't understand that. And he says, stop doing the things that you're doing that are making you crazy. And I all of a sudden, like the shit fucked my ear. Like you said before, like my ears popped open. Yeah. And I go, damn it, stop doing the things. Because I kept doing the same things sober that I was doing drunk. And then I realized I have to do all the same shit sober that I did drunk so I can see what not to do. New you character. have to do this shit. New character. Oh, man. So then, then I said, well, then what does step seven mean? He goes, step seven is simple. I go, what is it? He goes, do the things you should be doing that you're not doing. And I thought about it. Do the things that I should be doing that I'm not doing. And I thought, well, I got to change. This is a, a new guy. This is the new character. And so that's why step six and seven, that's where the character changes. Veronica. So. Rami. I was with Bob until he passed. You know, I, I, I was going to those meetings. I followed him wherever, pretty much wherever he went. He spoke all over the place. 
Uh, every night we we met somewhere. We go on the we go on the uh, the retreats together. If you go up to the up to the thing up there, they're all they're all buried there, or, or their ashes are sprinkled there, up at that um, Sierra L- Lorenzo San Lorenzo Lorenzo San Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Yeah, and we just had some really good times together, and you know, and and uh, I was I was with Bob at the hospital of St. Joseph's right before he passed, and um, it was like the most amazing thing. Like this guy, they roll him out. He's in the hallway, and he's laying down on this on this thing, and he's like. Bob didn't want to sleep. And I go, why don't you go to sleep and relax? He goes, because he's scared he wasn't going to wake up. Mm. You know? And it was, he was near the end. And so it was Monday night. So I'm laying, he's laying down, and he wakes up, and he, he goes right into his pitch. Step one, step two, step three. He just went right into the pitch like he didn't skip a beat. And he was, all he was concerned about is the meeting going on. Is, or is, the meet, is somebody running the meeting? That's all he talked about. And I just knew that this guy was just special. And then we were, after he passed, uh, um, we were all up at the, at the, you know, up at the funeral. We all went up to San Lorenzo. I got a, actually I could have brought it tonight. I got like a little thing from the funeral. And, uh, you know, and for me, with prime time, I'm not like a follower. You know, I'm not like a follower. I don't like do groups. I, Bob had a message that was incredible. It'll never be again. You have to listen to the tapes to really yeah. hear it. Did you know Ted, Jack? Yeah, I knew Ted. But a lot of people there, when he passed, people wanted to be Bob. And they listened to his tapes and listened to his tapes and listened to his videos and listened to his tapes. And then they, they talked like Bob. And, and Bob always said, don't, be, don't take my message. Get your own message out of this. Yeah. And too many people um, that are there now in prime time... It's kind of like I feel this is going to happen with Clancy. Like people are going to want to take over. Like you know. How, well, I think that's right. what Randy was kind of took the position. Randy there, right? was the same way. See, Randy left. I left. You know, uh, I knew Randy. I know Randy really well. You know, it's just I didn't. I didn't want to get involved with any of it anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's not that I didn't. Didn't. I, I, you know what? What happened? I got to see Bob. I got to live that. It was time to move on. Yeah. And, and that's my, my, take my message, go out into the world, and pass it on. But make it your own message. Well, can I ask you a question? You call him a simpleton. Do you mean he wasn't smart, or he just the way he... He had a sixth grade education. He was like a simple guy. Like, he would use he words... real simple. Yeah, he would use words that were just simple. He wasn't like a... And well, he was country. He's from Ohio. But he was smart. He just was oh, not yeah. educated. Yeah. No, he would simplify Yeah, he would simplify He didn't use any simple. elaborate words. He just kept it super simple. Like, he, right. like Clancy, Clancy's a, 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 a... He's a schooled guy. Clancy, like, knew how to work it. And Bob would just be come out... Like, Bob got sober. He was in San Fernando. You know, he was... You know, he was he was going to meeting San Fernando. He was just a simple guy. I mean, if you got in the car with him, I remember one time we drove up to uh, uh, up to the retreat, and he, he got a ticket. And he goes, I, I don't even know how to drive my car. <laughs> he was going 100 miles an hour. He had a, he loved it. He had a white Cadillac. He loved that Cadillac. And and uh, he lo- I think he had a place on 29 Palms. But he would always stay at some guy's house and you know help him get sober. So Joshua Tree, no? Yeah, uh, 29 Palms. Really? So he was always staying with someone new, helping him get silver. Yeah, and and then Sylvie came along, and then he did that deal. You know? The book. Sylvie? Sylvie was his wife. What deal? 
he got involved with a girl. <laughs> he wrote that book. They wrote that book for him too. I never read Mind that Power book. Disease. Oh, I haven't, but I never read it. Oh, he wrote that with his wife. So, so here's something I'm just thinking about real quick. It's just funny because these guys. Oh, I'm this. They're all. They're trying to be big shots in AA. Yeah. Right. There's always going to be those. Well, I don't know that they start off that way. I, I know, but like, I'm just saying that, just, like, ego. It's like, yeah. but they're good. They're gr- I mean, Clancy's incredible. Yeah, Bob's incredible. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I, I thought Randy was but, good. But <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying like that's in a lot of ways that's like what we're doing here, Billy. Yeah, but that's organic. That those guys became Chuck Chamberlain, Clancy. Those guys were organically happened. Like my sponsor, if you, you probably don't know him, you know, he goes he goes by Israel. He sponsors so many people, it's ridiculous. But you'll never hear of him because he doesn't give a shit. He goes, "I'm of this world, but I'm not part of this world. I just don't care about it." You know, my job, I'm here to carry the message of Alcoholics Anonymous to anybody who wants to hear it. And he'll just stop people on the street, homeless people. He'll just talk to anybody. And it just because all he cares about is helping people get sober, but he doesn't really care. He doesn't have to have a name. And maybe when he passes, they'll write a book about him. But but oh, but so I mean, but that's yeah. You know, like Al Signs. Have you heard of Al Signs? He just passed away. I mean, but you have to you have to understand. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I've been just talking about this shit for ten years. On, on Instagram. Ten years. I've been just talking about my shit. We've fucking been talking for fucking... Well, this is organic, too. I mean, yeah, we well, that's that's what I'm trying just, to say. It's like, you're helping not? a lot of people, though. I see some of the Dude, stuff you put up, and they're hitting you up. It's fucking... You're helping people, man. Insane. Hey, I, I, my mind is hey, blown. I got, I've got two people that follow me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it's fucking hard, bro. Like, I'm telling you, for the longest time... Nobody really gave a fuck. My friends were just sick and tired of hearing me I'm, talk. I'm being sarcastic. I don't give a shit. I know. I know you are. You know, but, my, but, my but, sponsor calls it Insta Fuck, and, and uh, uh, you know, he has a name for, for all of all the horse shit. Okay, but check this out. Face Fuck. Okay, okay, but check this out. How do you, how do you talk to other people that you don't know? You don't. No, I'm saying, like... How do, how are the human, how, what's the main way for human beings to communicate with each other globally? Yeah. No, this is good. Insta fuck. Yeah. We can talk all the shit we want about it, Yeah, but it is, whether you like it or not, becoming the most important form of communication for human beings, yeah. these social media platforms. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, they started as, you know, let me take a photo of, of my beautiful life and I'm look how sexy I am and all this fucking bullshit. But our whole thing is like, we're fucking ugly sometimes. Yeah. We fight sometimes. We love, we hate, we, we're human. Let's expose all that stuff. And I'm trying to change. I'm trying to, if I can change a little bit of the perception of how people see these platforms because when we're constantly comparing our insides to someone else's outsides, which is like what these platforms are kids seeing a better version of life. That's not real. 
it's like shame. It creates shame, a culture of shame. Yeah. And it's a big part of what's wrong with our society and the kids of our society. Well, that's because of the fucking television. They well, tell it started you, as they tell television. You, they tell you what, how to dress, but now, what to eat, where to go, what you should look like. Right. Oh, if you're, if you're a little heavy, oh my God, you may as well just kill but, yourself. But now it's, it's, but now yeah, it's these, All the kids are on the But now it's not, there's now. no more TV. Now it's YouTube, Instagram. They don't watch TV anymore. And TikTok, it's, it's, they're all getting that from this and if i can help expose reality a little bit then right on and there's a lot of people that are joining this movement on tiktok it's pretty crazy it's pretty cool that was really interesting i, I enjoyed hearing a little firsthand information about bob and everything appreciate you sharing that you got it yeah it's a, man. It's a message it's <clears throat> our lives have all changed and he was he was gone when we got. We heard the message. Yeah. He was already gone for a while. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of these messengers that are carrying the message of Bob Anderson, mm-hmm. they they think that they're Bob, and and that's there's a lot of you know be yourself. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm I'm. Yeah, but I'm like I'm. That's the thing is like I'm being myself. Not you. No, I know. You know what I'm talking about. No, I, I know. But I'm I'm like I love. I feel like I'm blessed with the ability to just be me. You what know? a trip. And even Paul just uh, years, you know, and then the whole meeting we knew Billy, it, all, Billy. it all came around like, yeah, but Billy, this has been a dream of ours, me and Billy to have like real people, like real people that carry real message. Like you guys and Randy and Hillary and who, I mean, one of our goals, dreams and goals was to have Astrodon. Like, you know, like, that's not happening. But Why like, not? <laughs> She won't do it? Uh, it's we're kind story. of like, it's... she's sort of a, the, an arc enemy. She's arch Whoa. enemy at this point. I, 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 she came over here on his birthday party and just literally just ruined his life. It really? Horror, horrific. Damn. Threatening to kill people. It was what? wild. But um, it was untreated alcoholism. I thought someone might die that like night. big time. Like bro. it was real. And that's the thing about about AA and like what we we're talking about is people. You can get sober and you can have a lot of time sober, and and if you're not doing this it's every just a day, thought like, away, bro. I believe Gary hmm? when he's it's just a thought away. Like when Gary says he's doing this every day, like I believe him. Because he can just sit there. Well, I like how you broke it down. You do the whole steps and each day. You start again each day. You do the one, two, three, four, five, six, so you can get into the solution. It doesn't count what you did yesterday. It doesn't it's meaningless. Int- I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Now, now here's the thing. If I wake up tomorrow morning and my head's not going crazy with some type of thing, I can always write a gratitude list. Yeah. That's what Hillary's working so on. So you with write that. every day. You do some pen and uh, paper. Yeah, it's pen and paper. Something. Hillary's work doing that with Danielle. Yeah, here's the thing. I need to have a relationship with God. Yeah. I, I mean, you and I can have a relationship, but I have to call you and talk to you, and we have a relationship, right? Yeah. Like I'm doing this project with this guy right now. We talk every day. We're getting to know each other. If you want to get to know God, how do you talk to God? You can't use your the same thing as creates your problems. So that's why Alcoholics Anonymous is basically a piece of paper and a pen, a big book, and a sponsor. I mean, or a, I was a guide. just doing that naturally. I'm going to start doing that when I do my prayer and meditation. I'm just going to write a little bit. Yeah, you just and you say, "Hi God, will you help me guide my pen?" And yeah. just start writing, and you'll yeah. see who you are. Good. So 